I'm kind of fired up for this one in terms of today, Jimmy, because our company CEO yesterday must have had a an individual board meeting where he just got after it and lined up a good show for us. Not that he doesn't every day, but today in particular, a good one, right? Especially today when you look at that lineup, Jake. Eddie Garrison, CEO of the company, he was in his bag. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah, I can confidently say that. Was it a late night, Eddie, of meetings and phone calls? It certainly was. A lot of phone calls, a lot of emails exchanged. I had to go through the uh, the phone book to find some uh, to find some numbers to make things happen. Well, that's what you do is you roll your Rolodex and and things gotta, happen, right? Sometimes you got to roll up the sleeves and just get down to the hard earned work. Uh, Mike Dempsey from 1010XL in Jacksonville will join us as part of our Thursday road trip. That'll be about 30 minutes from now. We'll get the Jaguars side of things. Uh, he does a number of radio programs in Jacksonville, including Jaguars today. So we'll kind of get the. Um, he's also one of the hosts, the game day hosts for the Jaguar Radio Network. Get the Jag side of things. Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, joins us at 2 o'clock. And then at 2.30, you see him every Sunday night. You saw him patrolling the sidelines for many a year and many a special moment. Tony Dungy joins the program at 2.30 today. So a lot to talk about as the Colts get back onto the practice field, getting set for Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. And as we know, we talked about it yesterday Anthony Richardson will not be part of that because he is on IR. Question becomes, how long does he stay on IR? We'll get to that today as well. But before we do so, uh, Jimmy, last night, anything exciting for you? Did I say today's Wednesday? It's Thursday, right? It is Thursday. Yeah, sorry. I keep My days are all screwed up. Uh, anything fun for you last night? Basically, the way that the baseball playoff schedule was set up was you could finish or stick with most of the opening contest last night and then switch in between the three and kind of see them all finish the way the times were set up. Granted, you had to stick around Diamondbacks Dodgers a little bit longer, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of playoff baseball last night. Had a good time. How about you? Uh, I did watch a little of baseball. Here's the thing about the baseball playoffs. I, I, I said this yesterday and maybe I'm the only one that thinks this like in the NFL, give me the four teams in the NFL, the two in the AFC, two in the NFC, that just have like zero fans that you know of, zero cachet, nothing. There's just nothing sexy about them. Give me two in the AFC. Two in the AFC. I would say I'll throw the Texans in there, but Stroud's there now, and so they're kind of interesting. But I would I would throw the Texans okay. in we'll there. Texans. Jets. Yeah, probably. I mean. Okay. Patriots, yeah. now yes, okay. definitely. We'll go. We'll go. Texans, Patriots. Okay. NFC, same thing, same question. There's a reason I'm asking all this. Uh, Panthers and Cardinals. Yeah, two really good ones, right? I, I'll, I'll say Commanders and Saints, right? Yeah. Can you imagine if the AFC title games are those and <laughs> NFC title games are those teams? There's just no like real definition or sexiness about them. By the way, I'm I'm looking here. You are married, right? I am. I knew you were going to comment on it. I was waiting. I actually when I when I did this today, I was like, how far in the show I, we I, get before I, I, Jake I, looks I'm, over at me and loses his okay. ever loving mind? This is going to be on. great. Hold it's going to be awesome. I'm Hold so on. excited. Hold the phone on my whole point. Here. <laughs> the point I was about to make is that potentially the ALCS and NLCS are going to be the four least sexy teams. I mean, the Phillies, I know Bryce Harper's a sure. great player and an exciting player, but sure. in Atlanta, you know, has obviously has great talent as well, but the Braves have been there for – the Braves are, are, are kind of fun. You've made it clear earlier in the week that the Diamondbacks aren't a real fan base. I, I, I mean, the Diamondbacks <laughs> – real local fans. But here's the thing. The Diamondbacks, <laughs> the Rangers, and the Astros. Ugh. 
I just at least with the Astros, and I say they this, all play like in fake parks. Correct. It's just there's just something weird about it, right? At least there's some cachet to the Astros, right? First AL team in history to make it the seven CSs. I mean, they they they've been a mainstay for the better part of the last decade. If it's Rangers Diamondbacks, like what what are we really doing here? By yeah. the way, as a baseball enthusiast over here, sure. I think the people who gripe about the Astros and their cheating scandal just need to stop. Like, okay, well, I won't, but I appreciate. That. I understand, but like seven consecutive—it's impressive. You tip the cap series. You that t- is just unreal. I, look, I can still tip the cap with that and still hate on them. I can both. Bo- you can do both. I understand, but like, they're, I mean, they're, they're, look, you you can only argue it so far, right? Like, you can argue about the trash Jimmy, cans for that. Jimmy, pers- which do you think is a more tiresome thing for fans of most major league teams? A team that had a cheating scandal or a team that has like $50 million more on their payroll than any other team? I, I'm going to say the cheating scandal. Yeesh. I Short see, term. As, as a short term. Fan, the money, the money, say that. The money has long-term staying power, but but in the short term, it's anytime there's a cheating scandal, the entire sport will turn on you. Temporarily. I'm with Eddie. You got you got about a two or three year window to keep using that. And then, sure. I mean, like, you know, literally... Every time Kentucky plays, is it like, you know what? I mean, vacate the season because of a sha- point-shaving sure. scandal. Yeah, that was in 1948, you know? Sure. So so here's what I wanted to, to point out Okay. on this show today, on yep. this Thursday, October, what are we, on the 12th? Uh, Yeah, we are indeed. Let me check that. Yeah, yeah tomorrow's yeah. Friday the 13th. I, I'm not even... But you did have a good evening, though? I did. It's been completely <laughs> sidetracked here. I, Eddie, Eddie missed this, but he's seen it before. So Eddie, Eddie I, missed this. When I was a kid, real young kid, yeah, I wore two rings. Yep, I had a Twinkie the Kid ring. Yeah, that I believe I got in a box of Twinkies. Got some great audio here. And (laughs) I later, I think, out of a bubblegum machine, I had a. I bought an. You could buy an NFL ring. And I bought, it was the Chicago Bears. It was literally just a ring with the Bears logo on it. I was not a, a Bears fan, but that's what you got in Indianapolis, obviously. Sure. And I wore it like in kindergarten because I loved it because it was an NFL ring, sure. right? Sure. And <laughs> I actually had to go to the, true story, by the time I was like in second grade, I refused to ever take the ring off and my finger was growing, obviously, and it grew like two, that we could not get the ring off Ooh. and I had to go to... The fire station at 71st and Keystone, and they cut the ring off of me. I kid you not. I still have the ring. What they use? Pliers? Pliers, yeah. Nice. Uh, why my parents didn't have pliers, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I, I say all that because, and I'm not even damning this. I'm not poking fun at you. I mean, it's stupid. It is stupid. In no way, shape, but or objectively, form. it's stupid. Not what you're doing. Me, I'm stupid, but that's but, fine. You are a married <laughs> fellow, correct? <laughs> I am a married man. Okay. Just celebrated three now, years last I have, week. I have on my right hand a ring from Tiffany that I... I I have three different rings that I wear on my right hand. I'm not married. Your married finger is your left hand. Sure. Right? Yep. Your wedding band. Yep. For a long time, people had a traditional wedding band. Usually, it was just a gold or silver band. I know that that, for the sake of durability and flexibility and just convenience, in particular with men... That has morphed into you know carbon fiber ring yeah. or titanium or whatever. I, I I get it. I save the gold ring for special occasions like weddings, anniversaries, that kind of thing. Day to day, I we have wear... we have fourteen female listeners. Okay, sure. Probably soon to be like 
we're going to lose like 13 of them when I, when I say this here. Um, and I think most male listeners here will, I don't know if they'll applaud this or if they'll be like, yeah, man, as an elder. Now, it's not my place, Jimmy, yeah. to give advice, maritally speaking, because I am not married. It's not my place. I'm not a married guy. Sure. Now, I'm kind of common law married, but I'm not married to be technical. Sure. Okay? So it would be very easy. It's like with kids. People say to me all the time, and I think it's one of the most offensive things you can say to somebody. Well, you just don't understand because you don't have kids of your own. Uh, okay. Well, I know that like leaving your co- your kid in a car when it's 105 <laughs> degrees is not a good thing, yeah. right? You don't have to be. You don't have to have p- kids to know that. Not a prerequisite to understand safety. But I think most guys listening when I say this are going to scream like party foul here okay i think most guys are going to now has this been pointed out without saying what it is has this been pointed out on the air before about you i don't want to like go into something that you're like yeah man this is a this has been a topic forever and it is sports related no because it's only utilized on game days oh my (laughs) yes jake i know i know (laughs) it's quite preposterous okay he knows now i I, I would like to do oh i've known well he looked at me sideways earlier I would like for someone who is married no, and in a healthy, happy marriage to call in right now at 239-1070. If you are married, <laughs> in particular, if you're a female, if you are a married woman, I want you to call in because I need a live on-air Can litmus I? test of whether or not what I what I am witnessing before my very eyes is acceptable. Can now, I, can I cut what's out most important is it's acceptable in your relationship. Correct. That's, That's all cool. that matters. That, correct. That is if, true. If... if, if, if my female in question, a.k.a. my wife, loving I, wife, Haley Cook, gives it a blessing you, or tolerates it. But here's it. the thing, Jimmy. Here's the thing. Is it an okay? She, here's the thing. I yeah. think part of your loving marriage is she is going to say that she's okay with it. Sure. But deep down... She's, she, she's repulsed by it. Deep down, no she has no to doubt. be like, you've no got to be kidding me, no right? Doubt. No doubt. Okay. Who, who do we have on line one, Eddie? We have Dale, right? Dale, welcome to the company. Thanks for calling in. How are you? Hey, Jake. I'm not a female, but I am a happily married man. Okay. Dale, you've been married for how long? I've been married for 30 years. 30 years. Okay. And with that marriage in 30 years, I'm assuming there's been some compromise, right? Like like you want to go on Saturday night to the bowling alley and your wife wants to do this and you come to a comp- whatever, right? Correct. Okay. I just looked over. Dale, are you wearing your wedding ring right now, I assume? No. Oh, you're not? Whoa. No. Can we even qualify this anymore? Okay. I feel like this is... Now so do you not wear a ring out of convenience because of the work that you do? You only wear it for special occasions? I don't wear it because of my job, but I also don't wear it. Okay. Would your wife be okay if instead of not wearing a wedding ring, you wore a, on your ring finger as a married man, you are wearing a Kansas City Chiefs ring? Instead of a wedding ring, you're wearing a ring of your favorite football team. Your wife would or would not go for that? Oh, she would definitely not go for that. (laughs) Thank you, Dale. This from Dale who doesn't even wear a ring. Jimmy Cook is wearing on his wedding ring finger a Kansas City Chiefs (laughs) ring. So you're married to the Chiefs. I mean, That's what you're saying. You are married to the Chiefs. This is like a Seinfeld episode. Today, I know it is. I'm aware. Today, I am. This has been going on for how long? Uh, year or two, I don't know. So it's a superstition thing. Yeah, at this point, yeah. 
So because the Chiefs play tonight, and you believe... No, it's not really a superstitious thing. I just think it's funny. You believe that hosting the Denver Broncos, (laughs) that your Kansas City Chiefs need your luck. All right, line two. Karen. Hi, Karen. Uh, Hi, Jake. Uh, Karen, are you a married woman? I am, and this is my wedding anniversary, too. Well, happy anniversary. Karen, happy anniversary. That's the only thing that matters today. Nothing else. Before we get to that, Karen, you know what I'm going to ask you. First off, what, what anniversary is this for you? 37. 37. Okay, now is there a particular like gift that is supposed to be given on the 37th, do you know? I have not researched that today. Okay. Now, Karen is also my mom's name, by the way, and I was a little nervous that I was going to be getting a lecture <laughs> from my mom about weddings in general. Uh, but I'm curious, before we get to the real matter at heart here, Karen, are, have you been bothered in the last few years by the euphemism of the name Karen? A little bit. It's very. It's a very generational name, you know. I <laughs> it mean, is. I'm. I am. It's a lovely name. It's a lovely it's, name. It's, yeah. There's. It's. Uh, there's not a lot of Karen. Yeah, and you're not. You're. I mean, let's be real. You're not really running around like you know, calling in upset at McDonald's and things like that. Like the mm. like the things you see, right? No, yeah, okay. not at all. Now, Karen, uh, you said 37 years. Happy wedding anniversary. Um, your husband's name is what? John. John. Okay, and and if you got up in the morning and and you guys are getting ready for work and you're having breakfast or whatever, or he comes home from work, and you notice, does John wear a wedding band? Most of the time. Okay. If you notice that your wedding band had been replaced by um, like a Colts, uh, just a, a, a band that had the Colts logo on it and or another NFL team that John roots for, would that be acceptable or unacceptable? That would be unacceptable. <laughs> would you even, Karen? Here's the thing: if John said to you, now John is a fan of what team? Colts. We're, we both are big sports fans. I listen to you guys as much as I do, as much as he does. So okay. I'm a big, um, big. Listener. I mean, how big are you really we, if you're not wearing a wedding band we, with your team gra- on? It, honestly, I mean, <laughs> we, we greatly appreciate that, Karen. <laughs> so knowing John's Colts fanaticism and sharing in the same fanaticism, what, even if he came to you and said, Karen. 37 years of blissful understanding between the two they of could us. both wear one. I, I, my, it's a big game for the team. I've got I've to slide off my wedding ring and put on this little plastic Colts ring. You would still, even if you said that that's okay, in a little part of you, in the back of your mind, would you feel insulted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we go. He can wear, he can wear a jersey. He can wear a hat. But the wedding ring needs to be... It's special, so it needs to be the the band, the original band, not something that's just the latest trend. Now, Karen, what are you doing tonight for the anniversary? Um, we're still working on the plans, but we will do something special. Okay, how about this? What's your favorite restaurant in town? Um, we really like seafood, so you know, um, you know, probably something re- related to you know seafood. Okay. All right, well. I certainly uh, hope that you enjoy. Now, what about the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo? Like, does that suffice, or do you want a full seafood dinner? A full seafood dinner. Okay. Well, we certainly happy anniversary, Karen, and thank Thank you for participating in our TED Talk. Appreciate it. I love your show, Jake. Thanks again. Well, Karen, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Um, Okay. Well, we'll move on. I think I think I made my point, Jimmy. Have you as the older brother here? I believe my point. Appreciate that. Does Haley have a? 
an opinion on this. She doesn't she care. She doesn't okay. care. Are, are you positive you about that? Ninety-nine percent. Have you ever asked her? I have. Yes, because <laughs> she you, saw. It, she saw it when it arrived. In wait, the wait a minute. Box. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She saw it when it arrived, meaning it was ordered without her her previous discussion. Did I need to ask permission to buy oh, that? Jimmy. I don't know. Oh, Jimmy. How in the world, Eddie and I are the two guys that aren't even married here, and we know this, right? Hey, three years happily married, kids. This now. is like getting speech advice from Marcel Marceau. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Anthony Richardson, we now know, is out four weeks. Question is this. Somebody asked me this, and I think it's a really good question. Let's say the Colts go 4-0, and then Richardson's healthy and ready to go. Do they hand it back over to him? Yeah, I mean, considering I'm sure most of the audience had turned mo- turned on me at this point anyway, um, <laughs> let, let, let's continue down those waters. Yeah, you give it back to Richardson. I I, I would agree yeah. with you. I mean, I I understand there's probably some people yelling at the radio right now like, oh, you got to let the good thing go and you can't disrupt winning. It's no. Because again, you're looking at short-term success versus long-term happiness here. And in terms of where the franchise is headed, it's all about Anthony Richardson. I don't care if Gardner Minshew is suddenly a dark horse to win the MVP. I want Anthony Richardson back out there when he's ready. I assume more have chimed in on my. Uh, <laughs> well, there, my there's a bit. Colts ring for sale. You saw that one tweeted at it, at us. Yeah. It, it, and uh, okay, I, I. I got a Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy face palm emoji in the YouTube chat. <laughs> well, or sorry, in the break room. Sorry. I, I think you'd be in the minority on this one. Oh, here's the thing. I, 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 I mean, it, to be fair, to be fair, Jimmy, what works for you, listen, <laughs> and I'm being totally serious here. I don't think you are. <laughs> no, I am being totally serious. I, I mean, trust me. Sure. Believe you me. I, what works for you guys works for you guys. I get it. Sure. Believe me. I, I get it, right? If it works for you guys, sure. then it works. But now, I don't know that, just for future reference, yeah, yeah. when when telling the story of the history of the chief's ring that you wear in place of your wedding ring, despite being a married fellow, sure, I would probably edit out the part about where she ask. found out about it once it arrived from Amazon. I would probably leave that part so out. So, can I, like, can like, I, can like, I explain he, he, this back me, half, though? Well, yeah, this but, is important but, context. Okay. Most purchases I make are... It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So if Haley had put her foot down and said no, it would have been on a one-way ticket back to the Amazon headquarters. Now, let's be clear on but, that. But I would simply here's what I would say. Sure. What I would say is in the future. Sure. And sometimes you're just to, again to go back to Seinfeld. Sure. You're just coming up with the best <laughs> lie, right? In the future, you and your wife were in Kansas City. You were shopping in the plaza. You saw the Chiefs ring and thought it was really cool. And so for Christmas, she bought it for you and said, I love you so much that you can wear this on game But days. then it sounds like that I like that a lot of money was paid for this thing. Believe you me. Which the, was not the, the case the, no, at all. There, there is nobody that would assume <laughs> that any money was spent, number one. It has nothing to do with money. She it actually wanted it the midway. It has to do with symbolic. Uh, Kansas City, Steve, I know where this is going to go. Chiefs fan Steve, who is the, the biggest What's Chiefs up, fan Steve? in town besides Don't Jimmy. Don't break the table over there. I got your back, brother. I got your back. <laughs> I appreciate that, Steve. <laughs> now, Steve, your lovely wife, Brenda, what would she say 
if you were wearing the if you took off your wedding on ring to put day. on a Chiefs band, like seventeen now, times I a year. Off a wedding ring, I would need like medical help. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to go to the fire station, right? Absolutely. Okay. Now, uh, any other any other fingers fine. No, no problem. <laughs> so, do you think if you took off your wedding ring, if you went and you got the ring off and then you put on a Chiefs ring in replace of the band, do you firmly 100% believe Steve that Brenda would be cool with that? No. <laughs> so, so in conclusion, I, Steve, you're not really backing me up here, Steve. Steve but that's okay. Sorry. Steve, I don't even yeah, you can't take your wedding ring off, Jimmy. Come on now. I, Steve, I don't even think that your perfectly awesome adopted dog Milton would be okay with that, right? No, he wouldn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> and he wears a Chiefs bandana for crying out loud. <laughs> All right, Steve, appreciate it. There you go. You thought yeah. he had your back, uh, Jimmy. Have you ever? thought of this idea. I know you wear the silicone band all the time. Hey, wait, I, I wait, wait, think, wait. I, proceed with caution. I don't think I've, to be fair, Jake, I don't think I've ever seen him wear his actual no, wedding no, no, band. No, no, no. Again, I just like, said that. For one thing, i have gotten better at it, but I would lose things from time to time. Right. So I don't want to lose the wedding band. So what I wear day to day are like, I wear a black silicone, silicone. band. Yes. Correct. Yes. That's what, what I was I wear every day. It. Now, theoretically I, here, couldn't you put the chief's ring on the other hand? Probably, but then, and, I'll, then Eddie, I don't want to. Thank you, but, thank you. And, and then leave the black band on the right hand. See, or here, the left hand. Here's how my mind works, and we've already gone down this road. Incorrectly? Incorrectly, yes, we have established, we've established that. that. <laughs> but it's worked as if I'm just wearing a silicone band every day, and then for one day I just happen to swap out with the chief silicone band, which, by the way, was advertised online as a wedding band. Oh, because everything on the internet is true, huh? I mean, yeah, naturally. Okay. Jake Jake knows Axel Rose. <laughs> that's, that's right. We know this, right? <laughs> Axel Rose and I went to high school together. We learned that from the internet. Okay. Hey, I can tell you this. I can tell you one thing. I promise you this. I'll make a vow to everybody in this room, much like I made a vow to Haley three well, years ago last that, week. Well, apparently that... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I won't be wearing this in studio again. It could be, I can promise you that. <laughs> well, you, you almost blatantly, like... Literally, when I started talking, you you rested, and this probably that's, but should, that's a mannerism. That's not correct. You rested your hand, your your chin what I in done. your hand, so that I could see it right there. Should have been like this. Well, you never would have known. You just would have thought it was just a well. Red I would have found it odd that you're wearing a red plastic wedding ring. Uh, Jim in the break room has a question. Says oh, so, Lord. Jimmy. Ask yourself, who does your heart belong to, the Chiefs or Haley Cook? <laughs> well, that's no, my, my that's wife. the whole point, my right? Wife. My wife. So, let me, so so allow me to ask this. Sure. What would you do? Would it bother you at all if the ring that you paid for for your wife, if you come home tomorrow and she's wearing a Taylor Swift ring? No. It wouldn't bother you? No. I, I know the commitment we made to one another. A ring is just a symbol. Hence, some of the people that aren't wearing rings per some of our calls we've had today. Like it's Okay. That said, I wear, I wear a ring every day, but... Love okay. is deeper than that. Fair enough. Uh, Chiefs and Broncos tonight, by the way. As, as I mentioned, there is no, in no way, shape, or form, do you need that ring for good luck tonight, right? No, I don't. I mean, that is a foregone conclusion. There, is, there has been no greater certainty in football, Though right? I will say, just if we're in, in the interest of fairness, so far in the history of Query and Company, the Chiefs are 0-1 on Thursday night football. So I'm just, just throwing that out there. Well, one of those was against Detroit, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good team. <laughs> Denver is so anemic. I, I mean, 
Russell Wilson's numbers are better this year, but they're still a bad team. Yeah, but but Jimmy, like, do you remember? You know, there were there were Colts fans that were, and I mean, and I'm, and they weren't wrong in the moment when Russell Wilson, when it became clear that Russell Wilson was going to be available for offer from Seattle. I mean, there were definitely people that were like, oh my gosh, like the Colts have to get Russell Wilson. That was kind of the guy that, that you know, Matt Ryan was like the, and I can't remember if it was Ryan or, or Wentz that would have been in that time frame. It would have been Ryan, right? Yeah. You know, that was like the the last minute Hail Mary backup of like, oh my gosh, they got bailed out over the fact that Russell Wilson wasn't the guy they went with. That was like a bailout. I mean, they destroyed all copies of that game. By the way, can't find it anywhere. It's and gone. he, he torched yeah. off the earth. I mean, it was in Al Michaels' contract. Actually, Al Michaels actually is the one that didn't he say during it? Like, <laughs> yes. is anybody really still watching <laughs> he did. this? He did. Poor Al. I mean, not really poor Al because he's making a bleep ton of money from the Amazon contract. But that was a rough Thursday night football season last year for him. Uh, I am taking a road trip starting actually a week from today. But we're going to take a road trip next. Eddie, what are you taking on the road trip? What are you packing? Told you last time, I'm sticking with the munchies. Okay, if we put you in charge of the beverage cart in the back of the car, what soft drink are you packing in for? I'm definitely getting a lemonade or a tea. One of the two. So an Arnold Palmer. Just buy one, get one. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I'll do that. Love those two. Uh, I've made non-alcoholic. Jimmy, you're in charge of the music. So you, you get to plug in your iPod, and what are you playing for us in the car? I'm get, we're going we're gonna to go with some weekend. We're going to go the weekend. Okay. Um, because this weekend it is in Jacksonville. Well, the Colts will in Jacksonville is where the Colts will be. So we'll take a road trip down there. Mike Dempsey joins us next to preview it here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. So we are on the road to Jacksonville. Colts and Jaguars coming up this weekend. Joining us now on the hotline to talk about that, a guy that I have had many a radio conversation with and previewing these two teams. Mike Dempsey joins us from 1010XL down in Jacksonville. He hosts a number of different shows regarding the Jaguars. Uh, Mike, first off, thanks for joining us. I'll get right to the meat of the matter on this, which is outside Jacksonville. You know, I think that that a lot of people, myself included, really anticipated that this is the year that Jacksonville really grabbed a hold of the AFC South and just would, you know, immediately get out to a one-game, two-game lead and just build it from there. Uh, I think they're really good. I do. But it seems like the consistency is still week to week something that they have to iron out. Is that a fair statement, or has it just simply been matchups? Where do you see right now where Jacksonville is? Well, I mean, obviously it's fair. I mean, that they can go and get handled by Houston, and then two weeks later they're beating the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, I mean, there's been some inconsistency early in the year, but – you know, they're in such a better place than they were at this point last year. I mean, they started two and six last year, so they wouldn't get their third win until sometime in November. Uh, they're already three and two, haven't beaten the Colts once. And, you know, it's a, an opportunity for them, obviously, this week, just like it's an opportunity for Indy uh, to even up their division record head to head and get themselves a little bit of separation in the AFC South. So uh, whether it's supposed to be easy or not, it generally isn't. And uh, I do think the Jags are the most talented team 
in the division, whether it means they're going to win the most games, well, that's why they're going to play the next dozen or so, I think. Mike, in terms of just the maturation of Jacksonville in general, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be the big storyline because, and I've said on this show, I mean, I think the world of Trevor Lawrence, but the maturation just is as a whole. What area has have the Jaguars kind of solidified, let's say, than where they were this time a year ago? Is there one area of play that you go, okay, that's that's one that we can check off as now is not a concern for them? Oh, look, I don't think they're a perfect team in any aspect. I mean, they, they, they game against Houston, every aspect of their team let them down. So I don't think you could say that any part of their team is incapable of that. Uh, but I'll say this, the run defense has been – a lot better. Their defense as a whole has been a lot better than people anticipated. I mean, there's still a, basically a one-man pass rush with Josh Allen providing the majority of the pressure, but somehow they've managed to give four good defensive efforts in five games with the Houston game being the lone exception. I mean, they, you know, Buffalo came in averaging well over 100 yards a game rushing, and they just gave up trying after a little bit. I mean, James Cook had negative yards and uh, even Josh Allen himself didn't do much. So I would say that the area that's probably exceeded expectations has been the defense overall, particularly the run defense. But I don't think any part of the team uh, they look at and say, well, we've got this. I, I think that's dangerous um, when you're a team that really hasn't accomplished anything to feel that way about almost any aspect of your football club. Mike Dempsey is our guest. Mike, when you look at the transformation of Trevor Lawrence from his rookie season to all of last year to where he's at this year, a lot of the credit, rightfully so, goes to Doug Peterson. We were talking about this yesterday, and I'm sure it gets talked about in Jacksonville, but it gets overlooked nationally sometimes. Do you think Trevor Lawrence would have bounced back as quickly last year without Christian Kirk? Uh, without Christian Kirk? No. I mean, you got to have weapons. you got to have guys to throw to, right? I mean, I, I mean, Christian Kirk was a big part of that. I think the excising of Urban Meyer, who didn't have a clue as to how to coach men, uh, was the biggest factor, though. I mean, it was such a crap show in his less than one season as the head coach where he clearly proved that he was not cut out to coach at this level. That was the bigger factor. And, yeah, Doug Peterson has a direct impact, but Doug has built a staff full of former quarterbacks around him. And Jim Bob Cooter was one of those last year, and that was a big part of the bounce back. But you had Mike McCoy, you had Press Taylor, all these guys, including Peterson himself, that have played quarterback at one point or another. So I think Trevor Lawrence has a great kind of Petri dish to, to grow in and getting really good feedback. Uh, you know, I'm sure they missed Jim Bob Cooter a little bit, but I think Mike McCoy has been very instrumental in being a sounding board for uh, Trevor Lawrence to this point. But absolutely, not only Kirk, but Jay Jones had a big impact on improving the weaponry, and so did Evan Ingram last year. So you can be as good as you can be, but you, you're not going to be the best you can be without having the complementary players around you. You know, Mike, to kind of piggyback off that and maybe there's no way to definitively know this answer but when you look at the situation that that you talk about when Lawrence was a rookie with Urban Meyer and you know the crap show as you say and I know and I give credit to Jacksonville for making those changes and putting the right pieces around him before it was too far gone in terms of his career but I still feel like Lawrence part of the intangibles of Lawrence are the fact that he was able to 
to put that behind him and move forward and not have his NFL growth stunted by it. Would you agree with the fact, maybe we don't know this definitively, but I think there are a lot of quarterbacks that going through that kind of topsy-turvy beating in year number one, it would have really stunted their growth. And yet his ability to shed it that quickly, to me, speaks about the maturation of Trevor Lawrence and why he was the number one pick. Yeah, look, you can't quantify it to the exact degree, but Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we can all go back. You can do Google searches on him when he was 12, 13 years old, being talked about as one of the best in his age group. And he's been prepared for this, and he's got the kind of personality. He's very low-key, doesn't get overly excited, doesn't, you know, he's the perfect guy as a lump of clay for professional staff to work with because, you know, they always tell you, put your last game behind you. All you can do is worry about this one. He has a great ability to compartmentalize. And, yeah, I mean, he's seen a bunch, and he's had a lot of success. He has no reason to doubt his ability. And, but yeah, absolutely, Trevor's makeup is a part of I expect him to be as successful as he's going to be, but definitely a part of the reason he was able to put that behind him. Obviously, the running game at Jacksonville, you know, ETN is a special talent. I think we knew that, but last year with the injury and then coming back from it, now it appears as though he he clearly is hitting his stride. Um, How has Jacksonville been able to utilize ETN to kind of keep things opened up and keep defenses guessing? Well, I mean, you know, it depends on the week, right? The week before, he had 20 carries for 55 yards against the Atlanta Falcons. They did a great job against him. Uh, this week, not so much with the Buffalo Bills. And, that, and, you know, Matt Milano goes out during the game, gets hurt, and he's going to end his season. But uh, ETN has been outstanding. He makes a lot of guys miss. That's uh, been a big formula for his success. He's, you know, he takes a lot of contact. So, ideally, you'd like to have Tank Bigsby or Dearness Johnson get a larger role maybe between the tackles as the season goes on. But ETN's really dangerous with the ball in his hands. He has breakaway ability. I think they've underutilized him in the passing game, and I think that's something they're going to look to grow in the weeks ahead. But, you know, when he's rolling like he did last week against the Buffalo Bills, obviously it makes things so much easier to have balance in your offense. Mike Dempsey, Jaguars Radio Network, is our guest. Mike, you talk about making things easier offensively. How much more potent is this Jacksonville offense capable of being if Calvin Ridley's able to do the kind of performances he's done throughout his career, but what he was able to do last week against Buffalo? If that's a mainstay, how much does that open things up offensively for the Jags? I mean, it's huge, right? I mean, you you take Christian Kirk, who did a pretty serviceable uh, showing as a number one receiver last year with about 1,100 yards. You move him down to number two. Zay Jones had such an amazing offseason. I mean, it's hard to describe to people how good he was in training camp and in off-season practices and how he looked and having him healthy this week is going to be a major factor if he's able to go but absolutely I mean Ridley's a you know a guy who at his peak had nearly 1400 yards in a season kind of took over that number one spot in Atlanta over Julio Jones as his career was at a crossroads and but it's been a while since been able to do it but if he can be that consistent 1250 1300 yard type receiver you know he called himself a 1400 yard receiver early this offseason he quickly clarified and i don't think people picked up on it he wasn't predicting 1400 yards he was saying hey if that's what they need me to be i'm still that guy they probably don't want him to be that because they want to spread the ball around but yeah look you got one more guy who you who you paying the most attention to ridley kirk Jones, Ingram, ETN out of the backfield. And as long as Trevor Lawrence is making the right decision, uh, it 
Calvin Ridley's presence makes it easier for everybody on the offense. Mike Dempsey, in your opinion and observation through it at this point five games in, Jacksonville's biggest area of vulnerability that Indianapolis will try to exploit is what? There's two. Uh, One is one that they did a pretty good job of the first time. It's uh, the interior of the offensive line. I mean, I I think it's a good matchup for Indy in that regard to get pressure with DeForest Buckner and company up the middle. Uh, I think that is, you know, from guard to guard. Now, that's a big question. Is Walker a little play this week after they kicked inside the guard? He played less than two series, got nicked up. He was said to be day-to-day yesterday. Uh, You know, day-to-day means different things. So I'm going to anticipate he doesn't play. So if he doesn't, now you're back to probably Tyler Shatley at left guard. Brandon Sheriff is kind of underproduced at right guard. And Luke Fortner just simply isn't physically strong as most centers in the league. So that's an area. And then just lack of pass rush in general. And, you know, Minshew does such a good job getting rid of the ball quickly. I think it's going to be tough for the Jags to get him on the ground this week. Mike, when the Jaguars have played overseas, have you made those trips with them? I have once. I generally don't, uh, but I have taken that trip once. Yeah, because the Colts are going to be playing in Germany this year. They've played in London, matter of fact, against the Jags, obviously. But, um, you know, I would think it's got to be pretty awesome, right? I mean, if you were going to talk to Colts fans right now that are thinking about going to Europe to watch the Colts play, give me the biggest benefit from it other than the fact that, like, you know, the beer's cold, right? Although in, in England, I think the beer's warm, right? It's, it's not always cold over yeah. there. Uh, no, it, it, obviously, it's just, if you haven't gone, there's a lot of culture. There's a, These are great cities. These are great countries. These are, you know, it's fun to see the world, right? But And then you have that. And you're going to be walking around Germany and you're going to see a bunch of people wearing the Colts colors and you're going to have that sense of camaraderie. And yeah, I mean, the game is going to be, you know, off the charts exciting because it's just a different venue. It's a a unique experience. So look, uh, you know, it's nice because the Colts are a competitive team. You got a chance to go win a football game, but I mean, it's great. You could package, you know, like that family vacation you've always wanted to take with a road trip to go see your football team. It's just, I, I love it. I love the, the whole concept of it. Um, you know, it's not the cheapest trip you'll ever make. So hopefully Colts fans have planned ahead. I think you're, you're probably late in the game now if you're making yeah. uh, last-minute plans. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love traveling. We all probably do. We probably all don't do it as much as we like to. But uh, I, I think there's so many cool things about it. So uh, hopefully there are a number of Colts fans that are planning on taking advantage. Well, when, the, when this first came about, Mike, and I think you and I have talked about this before on another show that I was doing. I asked you about this, but it's been a number of years so at the time in the initial years of the NFL going overseas you know the rumor was or the speculation was that that Jacksonville would be the team that would become like a permanent fixture in London that seems to me to be completely on the back burner or I have not heard about it of late it's not on any burner that's what I thought like Jacksonville they the the Khan family has said like they're not going anywhere right uh they're trying to get a new two billion dollar renovation done with the stadium in Jacksonville. On a stadium the team doesn't own, they're willing to kick in a billion dollars to renovate, and they've got a whole plan to revitalize the downtown area. I mean, you tell me. Does that sound like they're on moving to London? I mean, I think the whole line of questioning, honestly, at this point, is absurd, uh, quite frankly. So, I mean, I really don't have anything positive to say about it. Right, so that's why I asked. Uh, that, that's yeah, not... no, I, I just... Yeah, I mean, it, it, people who who make the case that they're moving to London just you know we just roll our eyes and you 
you, you don't pay attention. I get it. People don't pay attention to Jacksonville if they're outside the market. That's fine. But, you know, uh, I just we just kind of laugh at that when that gets brought up at this point because it, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Well, and at this point, you know, it's interesting because Jacksonville, when it was a Super Bowl city, um, and I – Mike, I really do believe this. I think the Jags are built right now to within the next, maybe not this year, but certainly taking the step towards being a Super Bowl franchise. I, I mean, I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to get one, man. If he stays healthy and he's there for a while, Jacksonville's going to get one eventually. I, I, I truly believe that. But we'll see what happens on Sunday just in terms of this year. Surprisingly, the Colts in the mix for the division itself. Mike, always appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Sunday, all right? All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right, Mike Dempsey again. Ten ten XL down in Jacksonville. That's what I thought though on the on the question about because I do hear that still of Jacksonville going to London. I'm like, I think that's pretty much been put to bed, right? I mean, they still. But you never know in the NFL. That's the thing. They still feel like that intel from Mike. He's right. A lot of times nationally, you've no idea what's going on within the market. If there's a idea to revitalize the downtown area, there's a commitment of that type of money. Then it feels like the Jaguars aren't going anywhere. But I will say. I think if you polled Londoners or and I know most of it is expats like I understand it's not all people from London that are that go to these games but if you polled people in London what's the team they most identify with it's probably the Jaguars they've played the most games over there they played back-to-back weeks there even though one of them was a road game like if you asked who the de facto London team is it's probably the Jaguars but when I say de facto London team Jake I don't mean the team that's most likely to move there, I mean the team that probably has the most affinity over there because of how well, often they've they been play the most consistent the guest, right. for sure. Right. And in the initial years, that was the design, right? I mean, I think that was pretty open. And then the Khan family stepped in and said, no, listen, we're not we're not doing this, right? Are you pro, by the way? Like, I'm all for havoc and chaos. I would love for there to be a London team one day. Where do you stand on that? Do you think it's absolute lunacy and it wouldn't work because of the time zones? Or do you think that it could be done? I think it could be done, but I think there are still markets in the United States that you would go with That's first. Fair. Yeah. And the amount of money you'd have to spend for them to travel for their road games, too. And yeah, I, I mean, that's it, logistically, it would be, it would seemingly be really tough. But then again, I mean, like I said, you know, Cal is getting ready to <laughs> send their rugby team to Wake Forest, right? <laughs> I, I mean, but do you know, here's a great trivia question. I'll let you even stew on it for the next couple of minutes. Ooh, Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, always. Obviously, the largest metropolitan area in the United States without a professional sports team is now Austin, Texas. Okay? Which may not, I mean, who knows eventually if they'll get one because of the fact that there are so many teams in Texas. But Austin, Texas is the largest metropolitan area in the United States without a professional sports team amongst the four big sports. Okay. What metropolitan area is second? All right. So stew on it during the break. Stew on that, baby. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Eight minutes for the top of the hour. Matt Taylor going to join us at 2 o'clock. Tony Dungy joins the company at 2.30. Do you have, a title, you, you have a title you're trying to pitch for him? Are you trying to recruit him onto the company? Boy, Tony Dungy, would he be 
I mean, director of Sunday Night Entertainment? Probably. Director of Championships? Director of Family? Director of, of Zone Radio Coverage? A lot of ways you can go with him, right? Yep. A lot of ways. By the way, speaking of the, of the company, uh, Emily Longnecker. I think most know Emily from WTHR, the lead reporter for Channel 13. Uh, Jake, I'm listening. I'm in the news van, and I want to be in the company. Now, I know this about Emily Longnecker. Emily Longnecker, native of Bradford, Pennsylvania, which is a tiny town most known for two facts. Number one, it's where Uncle Nicky was living in his trailer during This Is Us. And number two, it is the home of the Zippo Lighter which back in the days when everybody and their brother was smoking lung darts, Zippos were a big deal. Um, so Emily Longnecker worked a summer in college in the Zippo factory, like buffing out lighters, because when she was studying abroad in Italy, she had a crush on some some guy from her high school that was Italian. So she spent like $5,000 on an Italian coat in Florence to bring back to impress him. And her dad put it on the dad's credit card. And her dad's like, uh, yeah, you're going to work that off. <laughs> so she was spit shining Zippo lighters for like three years as a result of it. So she wants to be in the company. Fine. Uh, Emily Longnecker is the director of European fashion and pyrotechnics. <laughs> that is her title. So when you see Emily Longnecker on television, you don't say to yourself, well, that's you would say that's the lead reporter at Channel 13. You would also say she's the director of fine European fashion and pyrotechnics. That's a top shelf title. That's right. Uh, Dave Matthews Band that we just heard from, do you know their home state? Uh, I don't. So we'll say Ties California. into the answer of the trivia question. We'll say California. Your guess for largest metropolitan area outside of Austin, Texas, without a professional sports team. Eddie, you are thinking of? I think it's another Texas city, but I'm probably going to get it wrong. Okay. Um, El Paso. El Paso is a very good guess. Very good guess. Not the right one, but a very good guess. Gosh darn it. A city without an NFL team or without a... A professional sports oh, okay. team amongst then... the four professional sports. Now, there are a couple of metropolitan... It's a little bit of a trick question because, for example... Riverside, yeah, Ontario, California. Correct. That's the metropolitan area of Los Angeles, yes. right? And the Angels play in Orange County. So, I mean, it's it gets a little bit wonky there, admittedly. Um, but the correct answer is in the state of Virginia. So the largest metropolitan area in the United States without a professional sports team is, in fact, Austin, Texas. The second largest, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake Bay, mm-hmm. Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. Now, you can't. There wouldn't be a team that would move there, right? But then again, you think, well, there would never be a team that would move to, you know, Jacksonville, Florida would never get an expansion. You just never know. Will we assume most of that population are Commanders fans? Yes, absolutely. Because I actually had a... Because of the DMV? Yes, I had a great call. I actually interviewed at a television station in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, If you want to know how television works, for those that are listening... At one point in my career, when I had a job opening, a tele- I, I applied for a job in Norfolk, Virginia at one of the affiliate television stations to be a sports anchor, reporter. They brought me down. They put me up in a nice hotel. They took me to dinner. They toured me through. I met the general manager. I met the news director. I met the sports director. And they're like, hey, you know, we're whittling this down. We should know something within a week. Great. Never heard from them again. Which I, I wasn't – I'm not saying that I'm – that's fine that they selected someone else to hire. I mean, that happens all the time. 
but that's more often than not in, in most jobs if you if you get to that level of if they're bringing you in yeah. and you don't get hired you get some sort of a letter of like hey we've decided to go in another direction or whatever never zero nothing radio called no, wow I mean, called got nothing but maybe i should have taken it personally how close is louisville on that list because they got to be up there too right uh louisville is right behind them as a matter of fact norfolk virginia beach is the 37th largest followed by jacksonville providence so there's one milwaukee raleigh oklahoma city and louisville no fort worth either um well fort worth would be dallas D- dallas is considered part of the uh, fort worth is considered part of the dallas dma dallas fort worth arlington is the fourth largest metro area in the country if you have you ever been to dallas fort worth i've been once yeah it's pretty crazy like I mean, you, you kind of, when you're crossing over from one to the other, you're not sure which one you're technically in, right? You're like, yeah. am I in Fort Worth or am I in Dallas here? You know, yeah. but, but it's a cool area for certain. Uh- Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This from Bill Benner. Bill's got to have some sort of title within the company. Jake Dave Matthews got his musical foothold at Miller's Bar in Charlottesville. And yes, I've been there. Um, Bill, of course, brother to David Benner, who was had Dave Matthews banned in his Twitter handle, for crying out loud. They, the, as big a fan as he was of the Dave Matthews band. Um I respect their place. I've never really gotten into that music, but I get it. I get why people enjoy it. But Bill Benner, appreciate him listening. It is a compliment when someone of that esteem within the market is listening to the program. Um, so we've got to give him a title within the company. I, uh, Bill Benner, um, official, like, he's mostly retired. So, like, he's the worst retiree ever because he's not officially retired, right? Like, he's kind of yeah. retired. But just writer emeritus of the company. I mean, that's the easiest way yeah. to say it. Writer yes. emeritus of yep. the company. Uh, the NBA season getting underway, and I came up with – now, we did this for the NHL. For those of you who are new to the program uh, – where have you been? We The other day for the NHL, we took the teams that are seen as the bottom half in terms of their probability of winning the Stanley Cup – and the three of us each selected a team that if that team, whichever one accumulates the most points over the regular season, gets a six-pack of PBR from the other two. Eddie went with the Seattle Kraken Kraken, right? Would you also accept, though, stock options, considering how much PBR you have at this point? Like I feel like... <laughs> I have stock like options in PBR. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> um, because I accumulated this from the baseball bet that we did, right? right. Yeah. Where I, I had the Orioles, who, by the way, got swept. But regular season, total wins, all I was worried about. Now, Jimmy, you selected uh, the Nashville Predators, correct? I did. Okay. Now, here's what I've decided to do for our game with the NBA, and I think we need to incorporate the members of the company because I don't want these games to be all about just us. I want people to feel a part of the program, right? Indeed. Okay. These are the teams. Now, here's how we're going to do this, and it gets convoluted, so follow along, please. Is this going to be like you and the Indianapolis 500? Similar. The 500 is where we do the numbers game, right? Yeah, you do do random numbers and whatnot. I, I love the numbers game. It's one of my favorites. Uh, here's what we have. These are the teams that are seen as the second half, the lower half in the NBA for 
odds of winning the NBA title, okay? You have Sacramento, New York, that's the Knicks, obviously, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, Hawks, Thunder, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, Pacers, Rockets, Magic, Hornets, Blazers, Spurs, Jazz, Pistons, and Wizards. That seems a, that's a lot of teams, right? I think what we should do is simply incorporate. Now we're going to need we're going to need nine listeners. Uh, excuse me, we're going to need six listeners to partake in our game. Okay. All right. Here's what we're going to do. The teams that that have worse odds than the Pacers are the Rockets, Magic, Hornets, Blazers, Spurs, Jazz, Pistons, and Wizards. Okay? Yeah. Each of us is going to get one team. But we don't want people rooting against the Pacers. Naturally. So of those teams, you are selecting the one that you think amongst those teams will accumulate the most wins this year but if they exceed indiana's win total you're out Ooh. so it has to be the team that has the most wins below the pacers <laughs> that's a dangerous game okay <laughs> so if they exceed the now then then you say well jake what about if if two teams tie what if two teams both get 38 wins then it comes down to their head-to-head record against one another right sure well what if they go one and one against one another uh, then I will devise up basically which whoever I like better is the winner. Now, the the prize for this fabulous game, the prize for this fabulous game that I've come up with, this is the Query and Company NBA sweepstakes. And the prize for this fabulous game is the winner. Now, are you guys ready for this? Are you ready for this? Do we have a drum roll, Eddie? No, we do not. Jimmy, do we have, thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for the drum roll. The prize for this fabulous game of the Query and Company NBA sweepstakes, if you are the winner, you get to come in for an hour and hang out with us in the studio. Ooh, man. I have not cleared that with the boss. You've not? I've not. I'm glad as chairman of the board and without an HR department, you had the foresight to point that out because <laughs> I didn't want to have to be that guy. We reserve the right at any time if you have a criminal record to deny you entry into the studio. So you must have a clean criminal record, right? Yeah. No stalking and nothing like that, right? Yep. But we need six people. And if you do, to, we'll now, give you a sticker of Jake with his phone number on it. Here's the, that's right. Here's the other caveat, because I'm a nice guy. Yeah. I, I walk down the street, people come up to me and they go, you know, I don't know you, but you look like a nice guy. Yeah. I just look for Daily, like, I feel like that has to happen, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. A guy comes up to me yesterday, by the way, and goes, you know, I'm just curious when it comes to the radio, uh, why haven't you gone big time? And I thought, well, I, that's a nice, <laughs> it's actually a nice question, but it's, but that's a relative. Did term, you tell right? him? How dare you, you ignorant fool. The company is part of Fortune 500. <laughs> I said, no, actually what I said to him was I said, listen, this dog and pony show we're doing has 38 people that listen every day. So I don't know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Like within Monument Circle, we are huge. Okay. Yes. Okay. So again, those teams. And basically you just line up and call right now. 239-1070. You call up and and here's, here's how nice a guy I am. Of those teams that I mentioned... We, the three of us, are going to then select from the last three teams available. Ooh. So we're giving the listeners, we're giving First the employees. Th- this is what I'm doing. I'm giving the employees of the company, okay? It's a, it's like a bonus. We're just it's we're giving a, out bonuses. It, it's a value at twice the price. <laughs> it is. It is a value at th- three times the price, right? 
And again, the problem that I usually have with these things is I brainstorm them, and then we, we I always forget to follow up. Um, but the teams that are in play here, Houston, Orlando, the Hornets, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Jazz, the Pistons, and the lowly Washington Wizards. Okay? So there are... That's eight. I'm going to put one other one into the mix that you can pick, and that's the Chicago Bulls. Okay? You get to pick. You you have to pick a team. Of those teams, the highest win total wins the game so long as they do not eclipse the Pacers' win total. So the Pacers are, to be clear, off the board. They cannot be selected. The Pacers are the off benchmark. the board, okay. and the second that your team eclipses the Pacers' season, you're out. The Pacers are the house. Effectively. Correct. We do not want people rooting against the Pacers, right? Agreed. So, therefore, the Pacers are off the board, okay? So, with that said, we'll go right to the phone lines, and we're going to start with Taylor, just because uh, we'll we'll ask how Travis Kelsey's doing. Uh, Taylor, how are you? Great, man. How are you doing? Doing fine. Uh, You're in the company, right, Taylor? Are you cool with that? I've not been given a job yet, but yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) What, what, What line of work are you in, Taylor? I sell liquor. Oh, okay. Well, then, I mean, what better? <laughs> Trust me. You're definitely in the company, right? Um, right. Okay, so, Taylor, as the as the director of refreshments, although we have a couple people with that title, you have, again, you probably heard the teams, Rockets, Magic, Bulls, Hornets, Blazers, Spurs, uh, Pistons, Wizards. Which one are you going with? And they cannot finish better than the Pacers. Correct. If they get more wins than the Pacers, they're out. Pacers are the but, dealers with King and a so, card down. At the end of the season, of the teams that I just mentioned that are below the Pacers in the standings, the one with the most wins. Ooh, Show, show's over at three. Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic for Taylor, okay? <laughs> we got you, Taylor. You're, you got the Orlando Magic. All right, Michael's up next. Michael, what's up? Who you want? Uh, the jazz. The jazz. All right. Are you? Do you like music, Michael? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you're the director of smooth jazz for the station. Wayman Tisdale must be your favorite all-time pacer. Uh, let's go to Dan on line five. Dan, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Doing fine. Dan, what line of work are you in? I am a compliance and enforcement inspector for local county government. Oh, well, let me tell you something. In terms of compliance, you have to settle a, a show debate from today. Uh, earlier, I noticed at the top of the show, I don't know if you were listening, Dan, but Jimmy today, Jimmy Cook today, instead of his wedding band, on his wedding band finger, is wearing a Kansas City Chiefs ring. Now, he claims that his wife is in compliance with that. Dan, would you say that most women would be in compliance with setting aside your ring on game days to wear a ring of your favorite team uh yeah my wife would be just on game day wow let's go okay promoted and how long you've been married dan uh 25 years last month well congratulations on the congratulations uh, that's probably why right because of those kinds of you know understanding okay dan what team do you want Uh, i wanted orlando but i'll take houston okay the rockets go to dan there we go rockets off the board up next let's go to john john what's up Hey, how are you? Great show. And now, now, John, are you just saying that to be folksy, or do you really think it is? Because I'm not sure that it is. No, I actually I listen to you guys every single day. I do. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, are, have you been in the company for a while? Have we have we given you a title officially? 
No, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Would you like to be in the company? We can you can put it on your resume. We give you permission. I don't think anybody does resumes anymore, but if you want to, you can put it on LinkedIn. Okay, which we know is just Tinder for companies. Um, what line of work are you in, John? Uh, I do estate sales. Estate sales? Yeah. You ever come? You, you ever come across nice watches? Oh, all the time. Oh, buddy. I tell you what, I, I'm a watch collector. You ever find a Cuervo Sabrinos, let me know. <laughs> I have a, an addiction with Invicta watches. Yeah, they're nice. Big. big. I like the you know the 44-inch. I mean, they got some nice watches. All right, John. Um, so as the official, um, you said estates, right? Yeah. Okay. So you are actually the official collector of dead people's things. Is that cool? Is that a cool title? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. What a title for the company. <laughs> Official collector of dead guy stuff. All right, John, what team would you like? At least they won't ask for it back. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I will take the Chicago Bulls. Man, that is pretty smart, man. Although they could exceed – I think they could exceed the Pacers' win total, but we'll see. Yeah. That would home bounce buddy, you out. Home of buddy guys, Jazz. My favorite place in the world. All right, fair enough. Well, the Jazz are unfortunately off the board. Uh, Rob will be our next. Rob, what's up? What is up, JMB? This is Rob Better, and I now now Rob now Rob now Rob now Rob Rob. What line of work you in, Rob? Well, I I work in the restaurant business, but I do have a company title I would like to have because my lovely young lady is Filipino and currently in the Philippines, so I would like to be foreign of. Foreign Affairs Relations Director. Okay, now now with that, here's the two things. Do you ever call the lovely lady by the wrong name? Uh, no, okay. because she has a machete and she knows how to use it. Okay, well that's good. Now, now, Rob, <laughs> do you ever do you ever get your your day parts confused? Like, do you ever wake up at noon and think it's like two, or, or wake up at two and you think it's noon, that kind of thing? Uh, no, because she's currently 12 hours ahead of me right now, so right. it is only is one fifteen in the morning <laughs> on Friday there. So now, I've got the foreign relations thing down here. So, so Rob, when you were putting, and I, and I like the fact that you're director of foreign relations for the company, do you know the name of the company you're working for? I do. It is O'Charlie's Restaurant. Well, but, I mean, the, the one fictionally that you're working for, like in terms of this radio program. Oh, no, I work, I work for the company that's on from 12 to 3, and you are the, oh, my gosh. Now, you now, had a name the other day that you that you want to be called. I cannot remember. Well, that would be uh, that would be, I believe, El Conquistador. But my name is actually El what, Rob? Yes. My, my name is actually what? Jake. Thank you. There okay, we Rob, All we right. got that. We, we got, got that clarified. We got it was the force of habit, Rob. And and you and I've met before, right, Rob? You live north yes. of here, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, and and actually, I believe that your your uncle is also in the company, which is very cool. Yeah. All right, so, Rob, what team would you like? We've got uh, we have still remaining here the Blazers. I believe the Spurs are still on the board. The Pistons and the Wizards. Oh goodness! Well, I wanted the Jazz or the uh, Magic because they have Filipino players that play for them. So I can't have those. So I will take. I will go ahead and take the Spurs. All right, the San Antonio Spurs. Benyama off the board. That uh, that's going to be a big one. All right, we got time. I think for we have one left, right? One team left, uh, and it's it's going to be. Who do we have, Eddie? One one more caller. Pick a number: one, two, three, or four. One. We'll just go one. one. All right, one blindly. Who are you? All right, line one roulette style. Who's this? David. Da- well, David, don't sound so excited. <laughs> Did oh you- no, I'm excited. <laughs> David, did you just wake up, David? Oh, absolutely not. I've been up since five o'clock. Five o'clock, man. Now, what do you do for work? Um, we've actually texted before. I'm in the steel business. This oh, is David from Greenwood. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. That's uh, David Hammer, right? 
That's correct. Should I not say your last name on the air? Sorry about that. Uh, are you with Sanjo? Right. Are you with Sanjo Steel? No, Southside Steel. Southside Steel. Okay, my dad was in the steel business, as you know. I think we discussed yep. that, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, fine metals, actually, and, and aluminum. My dad sold a lot of aluminum. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so, Dave, what team would you like of those that re- that remain? We have the Hornets, we have the Blazers, we have the Pistons, and we have the Wizards. I'm going to go with the Pistons, please. The Detroit Pistons. All right. Hoping that a little bit of health helps them out. Dave, I appreciate it. So that means that we have now given out all the teams. So I will allow you, Eddie. There are three teams remaining. Oh, gosh. The Washington Wizards, the Portland Trailblazers, and who was the the last one? And the Charlotte Hornets. As CEO of the company, I got to choose first with NHL, so I should choose last with NBA. That kind of scruples are why you're the CEO, right? I believe. I mean, if anything else, we should honesty. That's why we don't need an HR department with that kind of leadership. All right, Jimmy, you go ahead and now see. Jimmy should say, "Well, Jake, actually, since you came up with this, you should pick." You know what? No, no, no. That's a good idea. It feels less genuine now that I didn't come up with it. But yes, Jake, you should go. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to go with. I don't know how many games they're going to win. Obviously, but might be the coolest logo in the NBA. Definitely one of the cooler color schemes and absolutely a beautiful area of the country where I just was. I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. I was about to say, you can't take the Boston Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not taking the Celtics. Um, Portland Trailblazers, off the board. Okay. Chiefs ring man. I will also go based on color scheme. They've always been in uniforms close to my heart. Give me the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, shocker. You like the Hornets uniforms? Do you know He's why just lying because he no, doesn't no, want the no, worst no, no, team no, no, in the no, no. NBA. Well, I mean, yeah, that doesn't help. I don't want the Wizards. But, like, you mentioned everybody went through that teal, that that phase. They're the only ones that stuck with it, and it has lasted. Granted, it died a bit during the Bobcats era. We don't like to talk about that. But, yeah, I like the Hornets throwbacks, the uh, the pinstripe Tony Bennett-type uniforms. Yeah, I'm a big big fan. Give them to me. Give Do you know the why Hornets. they're called the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, no. Because, true story. So Charlotte's the queen city, but then so too, this is what's weird to me, so too is Cincinnati, so I don't know which one you go with. But uh, during the revolution, one of the British generals wrote a letter home and said that his men had come come upon an area where there was a hornet's nest of rebellion, and that area was Charlotte, North Carolina, what is now Charlotte, North Carolina. So that is why they are the Charlotte Hornets. Jimmy is looking at me like he does not believe us. No, no, I, I no, I, I fully believe that. That's just that's that's quite a phrase. A hornet's nest of rebellion. Well, back then, the, I understand people yeah. wrote flowery letters back sure. then, Jimmy. Sure. They, I mean, he didn't he didn't write back like you know, LOL. Thanks, Jake. you know what I mean. Thank you. <laughs> he texted back to the Brits. <laughs> he didn't send an emoji back. That didn't happen. That's correct. All so right. you got the Wizards, right, Eddie? Unfortunately, yes. Are they, the most, are they the most obscure franchise in the NBA right now? That's uh, probably fair. Maybe Utah. Yeah, Utah kind of, you know, Utah's got Danny Ainge out there, which is, in, you know, tearing down and building back up. Yep. Utah does have a couple of intriguing players, and they changed their colors last year, right? Or two years ago? They they're got maroon now. Black, black and yellow. I thought they're like a dark maroon. Don't they use maroon a little bit? No, are you talking about Cleveland? Look at the look at their floor. Utah's floor. I know I'm not hallucinating here. I don't know if it was a year or two years ago. Utah's floor became like maroon and gold. I, am I am I out of my mind here? Yeah, they had they had this. This is a terrible 
uh, they had this oh. kind of color scheme going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a like a, it yeah, almost yeah. looks like a New Mexico sunset or yes. like a Grand Canyon yes. sunset. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which I guess is probably indicative of like Southern Utah. Southern Utah's gorgeous. That was their City Connect. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, the Jazz have some. You know, they when they they flipped Rudy Gobert and then you know they're just I mean literally they are just starting over, right? I mean they basically said we're just going to tear this thing all the way down. Yeah, they uh, they're the land of misfit toys. They took every single player that nobody wanted. Right. Yeah. John Collins, Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, classic, classic JQ twenty five twenty guy. <laughs> classic, yes. classic, right? Twenty a game for for a team that wins twenty five games a year. And there's another one on that team that. I think falls into that category. Jordan Clarkson. Yep. Without a doubt. Jordan Clarkson, though, is what he's kind of a stat stuffer guy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he, you know, he goes out and gets you 12 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, three steals, four fouls. Kelly Olenek's still in the league. Good for him. Kelly Olenek, man. Good hair, headband. Olenek. Huh? It's Olenek. What did I say? I said Olenek. What's the problem? I've always said Kelly Olenek. What it, did you say? It's different. <laughs> what did the you pronunciation say? Say it different. again. Olenek. So you're saying Olenek. Ol. You're you're holding the O a little longer than yes. I am. The, the okay. Y is right. the third letter, right? Yeah. Olenek instead of Olenek. I understand. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry, Kelly. Kind of like Antoine Bethea Bethea? Yes. Yes. Which they changed like three times? Thousand percent. Yes. <laughs> How about this one? Bobby Okereke. Here's one for you. you Okereke. What about a guy, what if I told you that there's a popular athlete named, uh, that was originally, I believe it was Antonio, um, Kanan. Nick? Nope. Antonio Kanan. Tony Kanan? Correct. Tony Kanan. Got over here, started racing, lived in Miami, everybody started calling him Kanan, he's like, oh, let's just roll with it. You know, I mean, you, you get a lot of that, right? I mean, Joe Theismann. I, I, I found out about that for the first time on a TikTok like little viral video that popped up. I had no idea. Really? Yes. Had no clue. Yeah, Joe Th- Joe Thiesman until he was a contender for the Heisman. He did an interview and shared that story. For the Heisman. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no, it's Thiesman, and he said he called his dad up, but it's like, Dad, what's our last name? He's like, it's Thiesman, and then he told that back, and they're like, No, listen, we think if we change your name pronunciation to Thiesman, it'll get more on the Heisman campaign. And then they said, but we looked into a crystal ball and we saw the fact that you wear your entire. NFL career with the helmet of a punter with a single bar across it, and so you can't win a Heisman just based on that. <laughs> 32. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation minutes before the top of the hour which means 32 minutes for matt taylor who's going to join us tony dungy coming up an hour from right now so we will talk to tony dungy about his perceptions not only of the colts but jacksonville as well get his thoughts on what the colts do now anthony richardson as we know on the injured reserve and gardner Minshew going to be your starter for a while a minimum four games probably going to exceed that I've, I've seen some discussion that it could be and a lot of it just depends on the timing and you know, you kind of get a freebie thrown in. Freebie is the wrong word, but you have the buy that, that, that is going to be on the back end of that. So do you just carry it out? Those are things that um, we shall see what happens in that regard and where they go. But uh, before we get back into that discussion, Eddie. Uh, 
out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the west side of Indianapolis, Kyle Larson has completed his rookie orientation program today with Aero McLaren. So the guy that will attempt to qualify and run the Indianapolis 500 next year for Aero McLaren has gone through rookie orientation and I think is a stout contender for the race. Obviously a lot to happen between now and then, but rookie orientation where you have to go out and under observation, turn a certain number of laps at different speed increments. Many people say that um, the under 200 mile an hour range on those cars is the most challenging because the cars are designed to kind of stick to the track once you get over 200 miles an hour from an aerodynamic standpoint. So doing the lower speeds actually sometimes is the more challenging. But Kyle Larson, uh, again, I think there are a lot of people that feel that he is, you know, the guy can absolutely bend a wheel, and he wins in basically everything he gets into. So we'll see what happens with Kyle Larson in that regard. Uh, back to the Colts conversation, Jimmy. Um, we talked about it earlier. When it comes to Anthony Richardson and going on IR, the the question becomes once like like hypothetically. You know, we just heard power of love from Huey Lewis. If we were to get in the time machine and go forward to five weeks and we realize that the Colts have not lost a game under Gardner Minshew during this stretch, do you hand it back over to Anthony Richardson once he's healthy? Yeah, I would. I mean, like I said this, and I hope at the very least it's understood that I'm consistent, that I don't want to fade away from this point. The season is about Anthony Richardson's development. And yes, it, it would be great if Gardner Minshew is able to take them on a tear, but two things should be noted there. One, if he does that, the most impressive win over that stretch would be against the Jaguars this Sunday. We mentioned what the schedule was built around. I'm willing to hear out the Browns a little bit, I guess, the following week. But Deshaun Watson's health is kind of up in the air. Right. He's going through the kind of the same thing, right? You look at the rest of the schedule, at home against the Saints, on the road against the Panthers, and the Germany game against the Patriots. Like, that's not a murderer's row. It's a very bad schedule for a reason. So, like... You look at the numbers, and Eddie highlighted this through the break room a little bit. Like, you look at the numbers, they're not that much different. And the fact that they're not that much different between Minshew and Richardson, given the fact that Richardson is a rookie quarterback that is still learning life in the NFL, should be enough comfort for you to say, yeah, Minshew's nice, but I want to see Anthony Richardson continue to grow and develop. And if we happen to win along the way, that's fantastic. That said, I'm not going to give away my prediction yet because I want to do that tomorrow, but. It's a tough one on Sunday. That can't be understated. Regardless if it was Minshew or Richardson, it is a tough matchup on Sunday in Jacksonville. Throw the history out, the fact that they can't seem to win in Jacksonville. The Jaguars are a good football team. And they, at times, are a pretty aggressive front four defensively as a football team. Yes. But as for Gardner Minshew, who is going to now be your starter for minimum four games, his thoughts on the injury of Anthony Richardson. Yeah, first off, man, hate it for him. You know, it's, he's really had some uh, tough luck to start the year. Uh, he's been playing some great ball, been leading the guys really well. Uh, so, you know, my heart goes out to him first. You know, hate to hate to lose anybody on the team to injury, and um, especially a guy like him, you know. But excited for the opportunity, excited for uh, the trust the coaches and uh, my teammates have in me. Uh, so just excited to go out there and help my team. Anyway, I can. He sounds kind of like a cross between Tone Loke and Matthew McConaughey, doesn't he? Yes. That's just a cool dude. Very laid back, very easygoing. I think Gardner Men should be a cool dude to just hang out with. I would agree. Just looks like a he cool dude. He would be dude. on the short list of guys to go have a beer with in the NFL. Yeah, no for doubt. Sure. I get like Tiger King vibes. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. 
but but more sane. Sure. <laughs> well, who isn't? Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, Jim Jones, more sane than Tiger King. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's going to be that conversation though. If the for right now, Richardson is obviously an elite talent. But game to game, over the course of a four-game stretch, Gardner Minshew might right now in 2023 give you a better chance of winning over four games. But I think the ceiling is much more defined with Minshew. Like if they get into the playoffs, you know, the year that Phillip Rivers took the Colts to the playoffs. Yes. You knew... Yes, you knew Buffalo was going to win that game. Right, you, you you knew that that was it was a great accomplishment, but that was probably it. And I realized there were some you know, there were opportunities, gone, right? There were opportunities, sure. yes. But you knew that you were hitting your limit, right? Yes, that the governor was about to slow you down. And I don't mean Eric Holcomb; I mean the governor on the the Revlin, correct? Right? Yes. And you kind of feel that way with Minshew. I nothing against him; he is a fine player and probably the best backup quarterback in the league. And 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 I'm going to say this literally. Every single day until the cows come home, you're going to get tired of hearing me say it. He gets all the credit in the world for knowing and grasping and understanding and buying into what was asked of him. For sure. You know, I can't remember what quarterback was it when they drafted a young player that was like, it's not my job to groom him. Well, Tannehill did it most recently. That happened like a that's, year or two exactly ago. That's exactly right. That's who it was. With when Malik they did Willis, Willis. Right? Yes. He's like, it's not my job. Rodgers, or Favre kind of said the same thing about Rodgers. And, you know, Minshew signs here. It's a little different because everybody kind of knew what, what the situation was going into it. But Minshew signs here. And I think he deserves a ton. Gardner Minshew could go 0-6. And yet he still gets a ton of credit for publicly being like, hey, I get it. This kid can play, and I'm going to do what I can to help him learn how to be a quarterback in the NFL. You know Gardner Minshew still wants to be a starter in this league. Totally. And lesser quarterbacks, lesser teammates would make it about me. Me, me, me. Why am I not the starter here? Or they would they would be as less forthcoming with the media publicly in support of Anthony Richardson, the way Gardner Minshew has, like yeah. that—that—that's that, half the reason that he is beloved as a, at this point, a perennial backup. But why he's beloved in that role because he's never been, at least publicly, a me guy, and that's an underrated trait of a backup quarterback, particularly when you're trying to bring along a rookie. Because Minshew's not like 35; he's still in his 20s. Like he still feels like that he deserves an opportunity in this league. You know. You know. We, we should just start calling him Gardner Mensch. You know what a Mensch is? No. And I don't mean this lightly. I mean, it, it's a very high acclaimed word. I believe it's Yiddish. Uh, but a Mensch is somebody who is seen as... Eddie, can you look up the definition of Mensch? I don't want to misquote it because it's a, a word that is not often used, and particularly with the Jewish faith. But it's a very complicated. I have heard word. the phrase before, yes, in that context, but I don't remember what it. A person of integrity and honor. I mean, and he's gone about exactly that. I mean, I 
he's been for the Colts. He's been an absolute mensch, right? I mean, like he he has come in and handled it with integrity, right? Of just being like, yep. hey, I'm I'm going to do what's best for the franchise. I think it's impressive, and that that alone makes him. You know who who are the most valuable? Who are the best backups in the NFL right now? I mean, is Jacoby Brissett? By the way, like where is he now? Washington. Okay, see, I was thinking he was in Cleveland still. Um, Washington's Washington's problem is they have a a, a locker room of like three backup quarterbacks, right? <laughs> I mean, yes. that's kind of the problem with Washington. Man, New England, Indy, Miami, Cleveland, Washington for Jacoby Brissett. Good for him. Uh, a man is also someone to admire and emulate, someone of noble character, such as Gardner Minshew. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I was gonna say your name, but uh, you'd be, you, you, I've been called a mensch before. I have twice by yourself or somebody else. No, by somebody else. <laughs> we can believe that. I went to you know a high school that has, you know, obviously we had a a, a fairly high percentage of Jewish classmates. I mean, I do. Some of my best friends in the world, obviously, still to this day, and I hold very dear to me. And I can't remember under what circumstance, but one of on a couple of occasions, I've been like, you know what, you're a mensch. And I take that with the. I'm very proud to be able to say that. Your short list of valuable backup QBs: Teddy Bridgewater, James Winston, um, Andy Dalton. Five years ago, he's still backing up in Carolina, but Tyrod Taylor, kind of the same thing. Where's Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold is in he's uh, a, San Francisco. Okay, uh, boy, that's one that. Tyrod Taylor is backing up Daniel Jones in New York. Tyrod Taylor still in Las Vegas. How about Geno Smith? He was like a backup forever, and now all of a sudden he's one of the better. You know what I mean? One of the, one of the more stabilized quarterbacks. Not saying he's one of the better ones, but had a nice rejuvenation. Drew Locke behind him. He came in very briefly a couple weeks ago when Geno got hurt. Looked okay. Drew Locke floundered in Denver. He, he that's a classic example of like just sometimes it's circumstance, right? Yeah. I mean, do we know for for a fact that Drew Locke can't play, or was he just thrown in too early in Denver? Uh, Jay joins us. Jay, what's up? Hey, Jake. I've met you in front of the Glendale Library before. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it when I was studying for algebra? Yeah, I was the one who talked about playing on the tennis team and stuff. And, oh, yeah. Uh, You're a North Side guy, right? Yeah, I wanted to tell you mensch means gentleman in Yiddish. Okay, so, but it's a... It's a it is a compliment, obviously. I mean, clearly a gentleman's a gentleman, but like it's like the highest level of gentleman, is it not, Jay? Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm Jewish as well, so. So you don't, in other words, and I and I don't mean this flippantly, you don't just throw the term around to anybody, right? I mean, it's truly an honor to call someone a mensch, right? Correct. Like okay. you, you'd be you're you've been a mensch anytime I've met you. Well, I appreciate that, Jay. And that's and listen, you probably caught me. I was probably relieved when we and I do remember chatting with you. Uh, I was thrilled to be able to chat because it got my mind off the fact that I was going into the thirty minutes of hell that was my algebra tutoring session. So that was good, right? I mean, cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jay. I appreciate it, man. You are Jay. You're the official. You are the official. The official company mensch. How's that? Thank you. I appreciate it, Jay. All right, there we go. There's Jay, the official company mensch. Yeah, gentleman of the highest regard, right? You know, the, the Glendale Library, by the way, right in front of the Glendale Library, here's a little fun fact for you. If you go to the Glendale Library, which is moving to the old John Strange location, but 
Glendale Library, which Glendale was the first major outdoor mall in the United States. It opened in the mid-60s. It was kind of the first venture project of the Simon brothers, Mel Simon notably, uh, after he had been stationed here at Fort Bend. And so they opened up the Glendale Outdoor Mall, which was like the largest by volume mall for a while in the United States. And in that area, there is now a Target that is just to the northwest corner of it. There's a stairwell from the Target that goes downstairs to the parking lot. And that is where my parents got engaged. That's where my dad wow. proposed to my mom on the top of that stairwell. It was not; they were not outside Target in 1964, mind you. Now, did he do it with a uh, Indianapolis? Colts yeah, I was going to make that joke, band? but I decided yeah. to leave that. The Colts alone. weren't here right. yet, but my dad yeah. uh, got down on one knee right. and All brought right. out a Silicon Pittsburgh Steelers there ring for my mom, who was thrilled over it. Right? <laughs> Marry me now. <laughs> so uh, that was LS Airs probably at the time, and then it became the library, and now the li- Now it's a Staples. So there you go. And yes, the reason that my parents are getting ready to celebrate in December here their, uh, I got to think, their 59th wedding anniversary is because my dad has worn the same wedding ring the whole time and not that of a sports team. But what, what, it's admirable. What, what works for you works for right. you. Uh, of all people, Jimmy, I'm here to tell you, if it works for you, it works for you, right? right? And I totally, totally understand and grasp that. So Thank I'm, you. I'm cool with I that. I appreciate that. And I want you to know that I don't need your validation, but I appreciate it all the same. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what about Eddie's? Eddie was on board I, with absolutely me. Absolutely not. No, I'm good. You you are right, though. I mean, listen, when it comes to like relationships, I, I mean, I, I am the, the face of, look, if it works, it works, right? Sure. Sure. I totally understand. I'm not sure what... Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. What's going on here, but... Uh, Do we have I, security, by the way? Is there yeah, a director I, of security I look and for the I company? See the door is closed for a reason. And during the break, all of a sudden, the door opens. And, and I've never... I've never between the hours before like 6 p.m. I've never seen Derek Schultz in a suit. Um, but he's wearing a suit and just walked in. No tie, mind you. Uh, and he's still loitering in the studio. <laughs> so, Derek, what is it that we can do for you here? Is this on here? I don't know how yeah, you're, your mics you're work. Good. You're good. Yep. In the studio. Um, we don't either. I was hoping you could validate my parking. <laughs> I'm a part-time employee here, so I'm technically not allowed to park during these hours right now, but I was hoping because we're best friends and Jimmy and I are, are close. Well, were you just down having hell? Eddie and I are close. Um, that it, we would be able to get that taken care of for me. <laughs> okay. Did, did, was Eddie able to validate your parking? Yes, you know he that, was. Uh, yep. It's a good thing it wasn't yesterday because the parking garage. Do you go up or downstairs? I used to go downstairs, and then they ripped that privilege from me. So now I have to go up. I parked all the way on the fifth floor today. Well, the elevators, welcome. The elevators well, well, were out yesterday. Welcome, one of us. Yeah, I'm also exactly. fifth floor parker. Yeah, fifth floor. Okay. Well, I, I tried to do the. Do you know who I am? And they said not really. So it didn't even end up working. <laughs> You're used to that, right? When it came to that, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll get out of your hair. I, I wasn't expecting to like be invited onto the show. I appreciate it, but you guys can do well, this, you, right? You don't need me for this. I, I like the shoes. Yeah. Thanks. JCPenney, they were a Black Friday deal. Excuse me? 
Black Friday deal not that long ago. Not that long ago. Mm-hmm. J.C. Penney hasn't been open on Black Friday <laughs> since 2009. Yeah. Well, they, you, my feet you have not the, been growing. Do you remember they, the year? The was, like the first year that I met you and uh, we were doing the show together. We started doing the show like in August, right? Yeah. 2011. And, and that, you've seen the movie Something About Mary, correct? Yes. So do you remember in Something About Mary when Chris Elliott and his wife are watching TV, I don't want to get too graphic on this, but, and they see Ben Stiller's character on Cops, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm so, aware. So you and I started doing the show in August of whatever year that was. Uh, most of it's blacked out to me. And then in October, or no, obviously November, I'm watching TV and I get up and I don't know, I'm going to get in a Coke or whatever. And, and Shannon starts screaming from the other room like bloody murder. And I go running in like, what in the world is going on? And she's like, Derek is on television. I'm like, what do you mean Derek? And she's like, the guy, the 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 new guy that you do that radio show with, he's on television. And I, I look... And you were standing in the background, awkwardly loitering, not unlike right now, in, in Sears during Black Friday sales. Yeah, I missed that Castleton Sears. That was a good store. I, I don't know why it went out. Um, maybe it's because they didn't sweep the floors. That might have been part of it. So what were you doing hanging out in a Sears at 11 o'clock at night in the background of a Channel 8 live shot? Scoring deals, my man. Scoring deals. I got a, uh, I, I actually remember, I got a Craftsman tool set. And I think I got a sweater. A sweater. Castle See, that's that the part year. I don't yeah. get. People do that like Menards too. Why do you buy clothes at? Well, Sears had stores like that. I mean, that's I know Sears I did have everything, Sears. but like, yeah. I know people that buy clothes at Menards. You like, still have the sweater. Doing? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. Still have it. Yeah. Yeah. Came right. with the shoes. Can people tell if you're wearing that or no shirt on? Are you talking about this? Giving you a little peek? People don't wear ties anymore, Jake. Your generation's gone. Eddie and Jimmy know this. I can't help you. This is the new I can't can't help you. I always wear a tie. Okay, deal. Before you go, Derek, I'm assuming you did not hear the show earlier because you were at your luncheon. I did not. We need you to weigh in. Okay. I'm going to entrust you here. I'm taking a huge risk in putting you as the judge and jury on this. I will agree with any argument. Now, I know Derek pretty well, so I can tell when Derek's lying, and I can tell when Derek's just trying to, like, you know, play a devil's advocate. Worst decision I've made in J- Jimmy is a married years, guy. 28 years on this planet. He's a married fellow. Oh, so this isn't going to be a sports question. No, no, no. no. I thought you were going to ask me like about Mitch Well, it's kind something. of a sports question, okay. unfortunately. Jimmy is a married guy. <laughs> now, I'd like for you to look at Jimmy's left hand. Your is thoughts... his wedding ring? Keep, keep spinning it. Oh, it's an NFL wedding ring? <laughs> Only on game days. I'm not trying to cop out of the question here. My wedding ring was $30 from Overstock.com. Understood. Because the wife's ring is the one that you yes. spend the money on. Yes. My I'm ring, and this is just proof because but, but my I, question I need is this, this to fend off single women that think I'm available because I'm a public figure and like, I mean, look at that's me in the suit and all of that's that. I, I need to wear something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I bought so, it. So what would, what would your wife do? <laughs> if on key days you were wearing a New York Yankees ring instead of your okay, wedding ring. Okay, but that's... That, I She's a Red that. Sox fan, though. Your, your wife's not a Broncos okay, fan no, or a Giants no, 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 fan or something, right? So, no, no, so the New York no, Giants. No, no. If the New York Giants were playing a Thursday night game against the Bears and you took off your wedding ring and put on a Giants ring on your left hand... She'd probably frown upon that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. No further questions. Ashley wouldn't be a big fan. No Sorry, further questions. Jimmy. I got to be honest, he knows me. That's the it's, truth. It's all right. That's I appreciate the, the honesty. But I also said, Derek, in Jimmy's defense, I am also the poster child of if it works for you guys, it works. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because you have like a common law marriage basically at this point, right? What have you guys been yeah. together for like 40 years? Uh, 18. Yeah. Close. We, we, I, I bought Powerball numbers yesterday based on that and somebody hit in California. 
And then I saw somebody that was like, this is a conspiracy. Why do the big the big ones always win in California? I'm like, I don't know, because there's 45 million people there. <laughs> Not that hard. Why do they have more people winning the Powerball in California than Rhode Island? I don't know. Maybe because like nine, 90 times the amount of people live there. It's not hard to figure out, right? People are stupid. Did you buy? You don't buy Powerball tickets. Nope. Nope. I don't waste my money on stuff like that. (laughs) Okay. One point seven billion. Yeah. No, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, Matt Taylor is the voice of the Colts, and he joins us next. Matt Taylor, life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different. Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. You're going to join us in about five minutes from right now, uh, wrapping up a few loose ends, and we had told him 2 o'clock, so we'll get to Matt here in just a couple of minutes. But the NFL slate getting underway for the week tonight with Thursday Night Football. It is Kansas City and Denver. Uh, pretty safe to say where your rooting interests are, Jimmy, but the reality is, I mean – this is clearly the most lopsided matchup of the weekend, correct? I mean, there are some doozies this weekend. Yeah, I mean, when you look up and down the slate, this is probably the one that jumps out at you the most in terms of things should proceed one way, and in this case, it'd be a victory for Kansas City. I will say, though, and I know I'm going to be pointed at as this is just the fan in me talking, but there's a documented history of this. Kansas City only plays weird games. Like genuinely, most of their games have weird things that happen throughout the course of the game. Uh, and the Chiefs don't have a good history of covering, although they've covered against the spread, I think, 15 times in a row against Denver. So it's weird. It's been it's been the most lopsided matchup in the division of the AFC West during the Mahomes era has been this matchup. The, the slate of games this weekend, it's interesting because the teams that are probably thought of as the, the top three or four teams in the league – are going against teams that are really reeling. For example, in your opinion... <laughs> I just looked at one. <laughs> what's that? I just looked at one. The Bills and the Giants. <laughs> yeah. I, in I Buffalo. Mean, the, the, the three, probably the three best teams not named Kansas City in football right now are... Oh, that's Sunday night, too. Oh, that's so gross. I, I think you would put Buffalo up there. Philadelphia, clearly. Yeah. And they're taking on the Jets, who, you know... I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing has just decimated the Jets, obviously. Fun San fact. Francisco might be the best team in the league, and they've got Cleveland without Watson. Great defense for Cleveland, but I don't know that they can score no. those points. Fun so. fact, the Jets have never beat the Eagles. They're 0-12. Ever? Correct. What do you mean? They're 0-12 against the Eagles. Because of how the cap- the schedule works out, they've never beaten the Eagles in the regular season Correct. in their franchise history. That's Correct. what you're telling me. Correct. That's the second craziest stat I've heard in the last 24 hours. What's the craziest? The craziest is that, and this maybe Jake as the as the Colts aficionado, maybe you'll say, yeah, of course. How didn't you know that? That the Diamondbacks became the first team in MLB history to hit four home runs in the same inning. No, I did see that. That'd be the third craziest stat. Um, that this is. I'll give a shout out to where I heard it from. I heard it on the Dan Levitard show the other day. Um, Jim Harbaugh has more rushing yards than Bo Jackson in his career. Yeah, I believe that. Which I thought was crazy. That's a, that's a longevity award, right? Yeah. Amongst retired players, Bo Jackson holds what record for rushers? And I believe, I'm trying to think of who, there are a couple of, Derrick Henry might be in the running for eclipsing this mark. Well, 
Walter Payton still holds for yards per carry, right? No. No. Bo Jackson. Is it Bo? Yes. Wow. Jamal Charles flirted with that for a really long time. That's what I mean. It, it, it's possible that that has been eclipsed. Let me see. And, and part of that, too, yeah, Jamal Charles at 4.21. You're right. Um, but I think that has to go with Bo Jackson is higher, but I don't think he has enough minimum carries like in terms of like the running sure. back because he – listen – I, I, I almost need to like abstain from this conversation because I am incapable of having a rational, objective conversation about Bo Jackson. Incapable. I am so bizarrely man crush fascinated by Bo Jackson, mostly because Bo Jackson's era of dominance and relevance was peak fandom jake query fandom sports age i mean there you have very few people have bigger sports heroes than those that rose to prominence between their seventh grade and like 12th grade years and bo jackson won the heisman when i was in middle school and you know obviously his professional career carried in like through my college years but just in terms of he was literally I know O.J. Simpson did the Hertz commercials and things like that, but in terms of commercialized, he was Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods in this regard, and that is that he was a marketed phenom that was really the first to back up the marketing. I mean, he was he was a brand. He was the first, Jordan as well, obviously, it goes without saying, but... But Bo Jackson, though, just like they they literally utilized so much about him. And as I have said a hundred times, the thing about the 30 for 30 on Bo Jackson where I thought they aired is the famous run that Bo Jackson had on Monday Night Football in Seattle where he ran and then ran into the tunnel. They should have ended that documentary with that play because it was perfectly befitting of his career. Because by the time you realized what you were witnessing, he was gone. And, and, yeah. and you're like, where'd he go? And that's exactly what his career was. Exactly what his career was. Uh, joining us now on the program, as he does each and every Thursday, is Matt Taylor, the radio voice of the Indianapolis Colts. And Matt, we'll begin with this. Um, I guess it's not even a question, but a comment that I'm just going to kind of openly allow you to opine. We were talking earlier about the fact, and I think you and I have talked about this, if you're going to have your franchise quarterback have to miss time I don't know that there's a better guy to hand it over to than Gardner Minshew, and I don't even mean that from an X's and O's standpoint, but I just think he gets all the credit in the world for totally understanding from the time that he arrived at the complex what his role as the veteran quarterback was and being perfectly willing and capable to allow Anthony Richardson to immediately start and play and, and not sulking over that in any way, shape, or form and then being ready to play. I, I just I don't know Gardner Minshew at all. You would know him better than I. I just think the guy exudes, at least here, total professionalism. Yeah, no, that, that's that's the key word. That, that That's the word that I would use to define Gardner Minshew, among other things, because I'm just blown away with, I think I've said this before on the show, he's, he's, he's the most comfortable guy in his own skin that I think I've ever been around. Because I mean, we know about his, you know, just laid-back, cool, chill personality but don't don't mistake that for hard work 
and dedication and care and, you know, putting 110% effort into, you know, what he's signed here to do. And that's, that's play quarterback. And he's had the right mindset about this. He also knew from the get go, you know, and he, he talked about it this week, you know, when he uh, was, was talking to the Colts and Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard in the off season during free agency, like they were, they were clear. They were up front, you know, so like we're, we're probably going to draft a quarterback in the top five. And if we do, we would like for that guy, he has to earn it, but we would like for that quarterback to, you know, to play and learn and develop and get experience. It, it's about, you know, the, the long-term play here. And we, but that being said, we want you to come in and, 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 and help develop and learn and, and tutor and grow this, this young guy and also help kind of translate this offense. You know, it's a new offense. You know it really well coming from Philadelphia with Shane Steichen. He's done all of those things, and you're exactly right, Jake. I mean, once – I think it was like August 15th, middle of training camp, as soon as the Colts named Anthony Richardson the starter for the season, you didn't see – you didn't see Gardner Minshew getting pissed off. You didn't see him like you know shut it down and have bad body language and you know you know sulk his shoulders and you know be a, a diva with the media. I mean, he's just a total total pro, and I'm blown away with his ability to come in out of the bullpen in these three games this year and and not get any run with the first team offense and complete a high percentage of passes, get everybody on the same page within the offense lead scoring drives, which have led to victories. Um, it's just really cool um, the, the amount of roles and the amount of hats that he's worn since he's been here, and he's, he's, he's darn near perfect. He's 3-0, and and he's going to start his second game coming up on Sunday. So now that we know, Matt, that he is going to be the starter for repeated consecutive weeks and not in a, a, fill, you know, a spot role, yeah, does yep. Shane Steichen then in any way – alter the playbook or the approach at all to custom more towards what Minshew's strengths are and, you know, without Richardson being in the mix? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to uh, to just strengthen, you know, Gardner Minshew's uh, skill set and, and to continue to enhance what he does well. But I think on the flip side, you know, where the Colts, I think, have a little bit of an edge, it might sound silly, you know, when your starting quarterback goes out to think that you have an edge. But what what, ha- what has happened in these three games is that Minshew comes in, it's a different set of plays, it's a different look for defenses, and it's stuff that they haven't probably spent all week long game planning for and going over and, you know, discussing all of the tendencies of Gardner Minshew. Right, you're just kind of playing football. So now that a team like Jacksonville on Sunday, now that they know all week long it's going to be Gardner Minshew, they're going to be more nuanced. They're going to be more, you know, sophisticated and ready for, you know, the the, the style of offense the Colts are going to roll out there with Gardner Minshew at the controls. So what I think the Colts have to do is they have to keep, you know, adding more to their playbook, adding more to Gardner Minshew's uh, repertoire so that they can continue to, to, to counter what defenses are going to be prepared for, if that kind of makes sense. So um, I do think the Colts have had an edge when Minshew comes in because of his experience. And, you know, they were kind of running this playbook and this offense for most of the spring before the Colts even drafted Anthony Richardson. You know, it was it was Minshew here all of the, the spring before the draft even occurred. So it was kind of a leg up there. And, you know, you look at the, the play breakdown or the participation breakdown so far this year, it's really pretty even. 
between numbers of snaps that Minshew has taken versus, you know, time on task with, uh, um, with Anthony Richardson and the number of snaps that he's taken. Um, but that obviously is going to change. These next four games at least are going to, you know, kind of skew the, the numbers in favor of Minshew. And this offense is going to be very, very, um, you know, I think you can, you can scheme it up on defense. And we, we saw that when Minshew was in Jacksonville, you know, his, um, his effectiveness, if you will, kind of worn off. Hopefully that's not the case here. But I think the Colts have to continue to evolve and add, you know, layer, layer on top of layer within Minshew's offense to stay ahead of defenses who now know every week they're going to get Minshew and it's not going to be Minshew coming in for Anthony Richardson in the middle of the game. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor is our guest, brought to you by Shelby Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. Matt, I don't feel this way. Jake doesn't feel this way. I know you don't feel this way, but I know some Colts fans do. So I ask you this, if a distressed Colts fan was to stop you at the grocery store or something today or later this week and say, Matt, I'm worried that, that we have an injury-prone quarterback now. That's all his career is going to be. Look at the four games that he's played, and he hasn't been able to complete a full game. Look at all this. If someone was to point to you and say that, asking for help or guidance through it, what would you say? Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a small sample size, and so it's, it, I, th- I think it's, 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 it's right to, to kind of worry about that. I mean, it's worrisome that this early in his career, he's only completed one game, and if you look at what's going to happen here with him missing at least the next four games of the season, he will have missed five of the first nine game of uh, games of his rookie season and parts of three others. So I get it, especially when he just hasn't played a lot of football at the highest of levels. You know, it's been well chronicled, right? The only the 13 games at Florida last year, only the one year as a starter. So from that standpoint, I totally get it. And it, it, it is concerning that, you know, he's had a knee and then a concussion and then now a shoulder. And what you just hope, I, I, I'm worried on, on, on one sense and not the other. I, I'm not worried about this stunning his growth, if you will, because I think he is really further ahead than where I thought he was going to be in terms of comfort and, you know, mental acumen and, for lack of a better term, right, like no deer in the headlights looks and know like, oh my gosh, that's that's what a rookie quarterback looks like. There's, there's really been, you know, few and, and and far between moments like that so far this season for Anthony. What what I'm hoping is that he comes back and doesn't need surgery. Hopefully, we'll see. But hopefully, at the end of the year, we can look back at this stretch and discern that you know the, the these injuries are just football injuries and they're coincidences and they're unrelated in terms of the injuries themselves and that they don't make it so that Richardson is unable to do all the things that he can do and use all of his skill set and the reasons why the Colts drafted him fourth overall in the first place. And so I, I just think hopefully like him landing on his shoulder is, is not something that's going to be you know something that defines the early part of his career and he doesn't get labeled nationally as an injury-prone quarterback. That's the last thing this franchise needs, obviously, you know, dating back to, to 2015. So I just hope for his sake that um, – I, I don't worry about his, his mental growth being stunted. I just hope that, you know, when he comes back, he's the same quarterback and the Colts use him as the same quarterback as to why they drafted him in the top five anyways because if you don't tap into that, then – 
He's just not being the the, the total package that the Colts drafted uh, back in April. So that's a long-winded way of saying, like, I hope that he comes back and continues to learn how to, uh, you know, protect himself and to to play within the game, knowing when to take a shot when when the game's on the line, knowing when to kind of fold them, if you will, and and just knowing, you know, when it's appropriate to to be extra physical. Although the the play that he got hurt on, I don't think he's he's doing anything other than just playing football. So that that's that's why I just hope that this early part of his career is kind of a blip on the radar for the bigger picture for Anthony Richardson for years to come. Matt, what's the one area, there are probably a lot, but when you really think about it so far, and I think it's fair to say that the Colts have exceeded expectation to this point, uh, at least amongst the masses. I, I don't want to speak for you individually, but um, but the good start that they're off to, what do you think is the biggest thing? What's the one area that you think even Shane Steichen or Chris Ballard are pleasantly surprised by? Oh, good, good question. I would, I would probably just say, you know, quarterback plays up there. Um, I, I would say, too, I mean, everybody was really confident with the way that Zach Moss ended last year, but he's just, an, he's just a beast. He really is. He's, he is so fun to watch, and it's just a classic case of hard work, and dedication, meeting opportunity. And just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you can't be a bell cow running back. I mean, Zach Moss, in his seven games with the Colts, he's averaging almost 100 yards per game. Three of his last five games of the season, he's or in, of, of, of his time with the Colts, I should say, dating back to last year, he's over 100 yards. And, I mean, his workload is over 80% on the season. Uh, he's third of the NFL in rushing despite missing a game this year. It's just, I know Jonathan Taylor's coming back and he's ramping up and, you know, this week is going through a full week of practice, but I don't care if it's Jonathan Taylor. I don't care if it's Emmett Smith. I don't care if it's, you know, enter the running back here, Saquon Barkley, whatever. I mean, Zach Moss has absolutely earned the right to continue to be the featured running back within this offense for the time being and should be given the right to get hot throughout the course of a game, which is what he's done since week two. Last week coming off a career-high 165 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns, that that to me is probably the, the, the biggest surprise of the season in a positive way. And I don't think I downplayed or underestimated Zach Moss, but he's just proving a lot of people. Like, he's better than most people thought he was in that trade for Naeem Hines. It's like, all right, the Colts are going to get another – Nice complimentary running back back in, in return with Zach Moss. He's proving he is so much more than that. And can, I mean, Colts have a really good problem right now in the backfield with Moss and Taylor. And we'll see how long it takes Taylor to get an equal share of the, the carries and an equal share of the pie in the running game or eventually uh, over overpass or over um, overtake Moss in that regard. But and it, for the time being, Zach Moss should be given the first right of refusal. So the other side of that question then, Matt, would be give me the area that for sure Shane Steichen and Chris Ballard are looking at and going, okay, we thought we maybe were better in this area going in and it still needs improvement. Well, they, they, I mean, anything uh, in regards to pass defense has got to get cleaned up. I mean, they're giving up about you know 280-some yards per game. They've allowed – uh, you know, a couple of quarterbacks this year to go over 70% completion percentage, including Trevor Lawrence in game number one. Uh, in fact, this season, the Colts, they've, they've given up the most 
explosive plays in the passing game uh, in the NFL this year. They've given up 23 pass plays over 20 yards, uh, which is 32nd in the league. So that's that's got to get cleaned up. And, you know, that's that's an area of concern going into this game with the Jaguars, who maybe have the most diverse uh, passing game in the NFL with all those receivers and Ridley and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Ridley went over 100 yards in the first game. Zay Jones had a huge catch for a touchdown uh, in the first game. We know about Kirk. Kirk's had big games against the Colts in the past. Evan Ingram at tight end, leading the NFL in yards after the catch among tight ends this season. Uh, don't forget about Travis Etienne. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and be a problem on the ground game and the passing game. Uh, and, and in this game, too, you know, you talk about you know the offensive backfield having some new weapons that weren't there week one and Moss and Taylor. Now in the back end, you've got two guys that didn't play week one either in Juju Brents and Jalen Jones. In that first game, it was Daryl Baker Jr. and uh, Dallas Flowers. Flowers is hurt. Uh, Baker's been supplanted in the starting lineup. So that that is that is that's con- going to continue to be a concern until the Colts shut that down. And Trevor Lawrence is one of the best deep ball throwers or explosive plays uh, passing quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's a huge storyline for me going into this game is can the Colts make the Jaguars earn it, go on long scoring drives, and not get big explosives in the passing game to lead uh, to, to quick scoring drives and hopefully for the Colts' sake, not an early deficit on the road. Matt Taylor is our guest. Voice of the Colts presented to us by Shelly Materials, the concrete and aggregate experts. Mate, people always talk about how offensive linemen never get the love, but usually whenever they're brought up, it's for negative connotations and underperforming, or in the Colts' case, a lot of money that has been given to that position group and the results the last couple of years have been what they are. But been a bright spot throughout this season, and PFF's most recent rankings have the Colts as a top-five offensive line unit, in fact, ranked fourth out of all 32 clubs, it's hard to evaluate week by week in this league, but I'd say five weeks is a decent sample size. Is this what to expect from the Colts line the rest of the year? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you're right. It's early, and a lot can change. I mean, we've already seen some guys get banged up. Ryan Kelly missed a couple of games with a concussion. Same thing with Bernard Ryman. But, you know, the, the depth is proving to be better than a lot of people thought going into this season. I mean, tip of your cap to Wesley French, tip of your cap to Blake Freeland, the rookie out of BYU. I think those guys played more than serviceable. But I, I, I was really, really bullish all offseason long on this offensive line bouncing back. And a lot of people thought, all right, well, why are the Colts not being more aggressive in free agency? They're running, this, they're running it back with the group that gave up 60 sacks last year. Like, why should we think this is going to be any different? I think last year – for lack of a better term, like that, that season a year ago just spiraled so far out of control. Chaos off the field with the quarterback carousel and you know, offensive coordinators getting fired and interim coaches coming in. It, it was just a mess. And I think Tony Sperano should be given a ton of credit. There's no doubt about that for kind of coming in and you know establishing a system of over-communication, kind of simplifying some things. But what I love most about the running game, and I know Rick talks about this too, is that this running game is way more diverse than it has been in years past. It's not just a zone running scheme, right? There's powers and there's, yeah, there's off tackles, but 
there's pulling guards, there's wham blocks with uh, tight ends that are lining up in the backfield. Like it, it's 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 more creative this year, and I think that's what this running game needed. I think that's what this offensive line needed. So give give the coaching staff a tip of the cap. But I just think the biggest thing is just mindset, and I think this group was really mad about how they were being talked about. And you know, like you 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 get what you put out there, and so they they held they held themselves accountable for the performance from a year ago. There's no doubt about that. But I think there's just a lot of pride within the core of this offensive line that has been together now for a long time. And Nelson and Kelly and Braden Smith, and now you've got Bernard Ryman in year two. I think those guys had a big chip on their shoulders all off season about this is not the this is not what we're going to be known for. We're getting back to. 2018 and 2019 and 2020 offensive line and I think that's what you're seeing and I think Tony Sperano has provided that mindset and these guys have taken that and they are running with it and it's it's proving to be really really fruitful so far that that game last week against Tennessee that's just a mindset that's just we're going to be more physical than you and that's tough to do against Tennessee but that's that's what needed to happen that's what did happen, and it was good to see Tennessee kind of given, or I should say the Colts, out-tighten the Titan for a change and snapping that five-game losing streak. Matt, I want you to to look into the future here with me, okay? One of my famous hypotheticals. So complete this scenario. It's January 7th. You're up in the booth. It's late in the game. Colts are taking on the Texans. Colts have to win the game to get into the postseason. Anthony Richardson's back, and he's healthy, and – He's leading the Colts on a drive, and on the last play of the game, he throws an eight-yard touchdown pass. And Rick Venturi (laughs) says, that makes sense. That's the tight end that's become his favorite target. You knew where they were going. Who catches it? Oh, man. Oh. Well, if I have to complete that sentence now, it's it's probably Andrew Ogletree. Uh, He's had a really nice stretch of football here and some clutch catches and some big moments, you know, for for first downs and some uh, explosive plays. That's a good question, though. I mean, by week 18, you know, we're, we're bound to have more clarity on Jelani Woods. Uh, certainly, Kylan Granton is going to continue to be a focal point within this offense. You know, he's always good for two to three catches a game. But there's just something about Andrew Ogletree right now uh, where he's kind of setting himself up for – a nice season, could be a special player. He's really good in the running game right now for the Colts, uh, doing the dirty work, uh, kind of helping that offensive line. But he had his first catch for a touchdown the other day uh, against the Rams and that comeback. I, I, he, just he, he, to me, kind of presents a red zone challenge, although Jelani Woods does as well, and hopefully he can come back off of IR soon. But if i got to complete that sentence now, I think the Colts have found something really, really special with Andrew Ogletree. Good for a couple of catches per game, you know, maybe 25, 30, 40 yards per game, and some some big, you know, chain-moving snags and some clutch catches for the Colts in the fourth quarter and overtime of games. By the way, we had him on yesterday, Matt, and I I would not have known this, so that's that's why I asked him, because uh, he's a new player, obviously, that we're getting used to in terms of Ogletree. Uh, he did mm-hmm. say yesterday, because we were talking about it, that he prefers Drew as opposed to Andrew, which I did not know. So yeah, Drew, yeah. Drew Ogletree is your new thing. Yep. <laughs> well, the guys on the guys on the team call him Tree. 
They call him just Tree. Well, that's, he looks like one. he's built like one, right? <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. You know, Lara, Lara Overton, she spots for me during games, and she gives me a lot of Tree, like great block by Tree, or you know, catch over the middle by Tree. So I've had to, I've had to learn that too. Yeah, you you go with either numbers or nicknames. Whatever identifies guys quicker. It seems you know, like for the it seems like Tree, uh, in terms of offensive meetings and stuff, would be nearly inseparable from Moss, right? <laughs> yeah, Moss and Tree. That's yeah. a, that's a good one, right? Yeah, they, they, they run around be, together, right? They should share share the same playbook, or at least sit next to one another. <laughs> Makes in, perfect in the, sense in the team meeting room. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Matt, you're a married guy, right? Uh, last time I checked, I'll okay. see if I'm uh, if the if the if the door still opens for me tonight. Well, here's a question for you. Uh, we came in today. We're doing the show. Jimmy and I obviously have not been doing a lot of shows together for a long time, but you know we're we're we are also kind of learning through the playbook, right? And the Chiefs play tonight, and I look down and I notice that Jimmy has taken off his wedding ring for the day and is instead wearing a plastic Kansas City Chiefs ring on his wedding the silicone ring to make it sound like I got it out of a fifty cent machine. I just want well, the- it kind of looks like it. Uh, so. Matt, that would go over how well with the Taylor household. Oh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Right. Yeah. yeah, I understand. What What are we doing? I mean, I know you're a big fan, but I didn't think you were that guy. Uh, well, I am. You've learned I am that guy to a T. Uh-huh. No, like, the, the, only, the, only, the only instances where I take my wedding ring off, I take it off. I don't sleep with it, and I know probably a lot of people are like, that, that doesn't make any sense. I I, I, I could probably start sleeping with it. I don't know. They're just I just get traditional by, band, by, by. Matt, or do you use a silicone ring or like a, or like a carbon fiber? Is yeah, it a traditional band? No, it's a band. I put it next to my nightstand and then I put it back on when I wake up. See, I, I only break for- out the band for special occasions. Like weddings, like I'm when they're playing on Thursday no. against the Broncos. Oh, right. Okay, right. okay, yeah, All that's right. real special. <laughs> no, like I have a legitimate wedding band, but uh, Eddie mentioned it. This is important context. I usually just wear a carbon fiber ring every day. Because I want to lose the expensive wedding ring that I'll probably lose well, it. See, I I did I did lose my wedding ring like the first year in, and you know it wasn't it wasn't anything extravagant. But then I just was like, you know what, I'm going to be prone to losing this a lot, and so I just kind of bought like a it's a nice looking one, but it's certainly not as expensive as the original one. And irony is, I haven't I haven't I've had this one <laughs> on yeah. me for for 14 years. Sure. So. It makes no sense. Well, and trust me, I've I've tried to lose it too, and I always excuse me. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Excuse me. I just mean mean like the the odds of me the odds of me having this are are not in my favor, and yet I still do. So, especially to be honest with you, Tony Gwynn. Hall of Fame baseball player Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn lived in the offseason in Fishers because his wife did work in Indianapolis, came to Indianapolis one time, was walking into the Walmart at 96 and 69, I kid you not, was taking off her glove, didn't realize that because your fingers get so narrow in cold temperatures, yeah. Her, yeah. her ring fell off in the Walmart and she didn't realize it until like later and then the next time that she went back to Walmart they had the ring for her and Tony Gwynn said that's where we need to live in the offseason and that's why he lived here true story so in the winter time I can see how it becomes more challenging to have it now if the Colts were to win a, a Super Bowl and you were to get a ring Matt would your wife allow you to wear it on the wedding finger no, 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 no. And, I, and I wouldn't want to either I, I wouldn't bingo good answer I w- I would not. I wouldn't wear that ring ever, uh, and it's not because I wouldn't like have pride. Uh, to, 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 yeah, you, you, know, you would display it at home, right? Super Bowl. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not a player, but it's also just like 
yeah, there's that. That's probably the biggest part of it. Like I, you know, I didn't block, I didn't tackle, right? I didn't, right. I didn't hold for a field goal or anything. You know, I just showed up and I did my job, which I do whether they win or lose. But I'm just not, I'm not that guy either. Like I don't, I don't wear, I can't pull off flashy stuff. Like I'm good with my khakis and polo. That's all I can pull off. That's the type of guy I am. Well, hey, just I'm telling you, just don't pull off the wedding ring and put on a Chiefs <laughs> ring. That's all. Matt, uh, enjoy the first coast, I think is what they call it, down in Jacksonville. Have a good call on Sunday. We'll be listening to it. All right, boys. Thank you so much. All right, Matt Taylor. Guy, by the way, who does have a Super Bowl ring from the Indianapolis Colts uh, is going to join us next. Tony Dungy in the company next. Halfway home. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Here in the 2 o'clock hour in Indianapolis, Jake Query along with Eddie Garrison and Jimmy Cook. It is Query and Company here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. That music, of course, for Football Night in America, that is the theme for NBC, Sunday Night Football, of course. And Tony Dungy, who won a Super Bowl with the Colts, I don't have to tell any of you that, but of course is on that broadcast, joins us now on the program. First off, Coach, always good to talk to you. How are you? Hey, Jake, I'm doing well, and it's great to talk to you, too. Hey, I want to begin with this. You would be, man, the perfect person to ask, because I was thinking about this today. You know, when you were here in Indy, obviously, you were pretty stable at the quarterback position from the get-go. I mean, you never really, in Indy, had to groom along quarterbacks, so to speak. But that's where we are now with this franchise. We know Anthony Richardson is out. But so far from what you've been able to see – what have been your impressions of Anthony Richardson and are the Colts handling it the right way in terms of basically the baptism by fire for him right out of the box? I, I really think you are. Um, I remember coming up in Indianapolis and Peyton was in, I think, year five when I got there. But talking to him about his first couple of years, and yes, he had a rough first year, but they threw him right in. And he told me, I learned more from that than I would have learned by watching and sitting and taking notes. Yes, it didn't all go great that first year. I think he had an NFL record for a rookie interception, but he certainly learned from that. And I I think that's what you need to do when you draft a guy in the top five and you say he's going to be our guy for the next 10 years. Get him in there, let him learn, let him grow, and you know, take the bumps and the ups and downs. And what we've seen from Anthony Richardson is tremendous ability. Uh, We've seen poise, which uh, that was my concern early on. He hasn't played a lot of football. How's he going to be? He hasn't done everything perfectly, but I I think you can see the the learning curve and you can see him growing. and, And if I'm a Colts fan, I'm enthused. Coach, society so often has an instant gratification vibe to it. In today's NFL, is that also felt within the process of trying to develop a quarterback? Sure it is. And you've got coaches who are under pressure. You've got that quarterback who's under pressure. I live in Tampa now, and uh, Baker Mayfield is playing for the Buccaneers and exceeding everybody's expectations. Uh, Baker came in as the number one pick in Cleveland. Oh, he's going to do this. He's going to be great. Um, they throw him in right away. Maybe he doesn't meet expectations. He goes to Carolina, goes to the Rams, and now he's playing pretty good football. Um, 
But, yes, there, there's that expectation, oh, you're a high draft choice, you, you're going to be great. And uh, it doesn't necessarily happen right off the bat. But uh, I, I think we, we have to just relax and we've got to let quarterbacks grow and, and, and let it play out. And, and then we have to remember the one advantage Peyton Manning had. I look at Peyton's career next to Ryan Leaf's career. And people say, oh, it's polar opposite, and Peyton was way more talented. Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that Peyton had the benefit of some really good players around him. He had the benefit of Tom Moore in the same offensive system for over a decade. And Ryan Leaf went through a number of different teammates, a number of different offensive coordinators, a number of different systems, and that doesn't help a young quarterback. You know, it's interesting, Tony, because I think people forget – because Edron James was such a great player that Peyton Manning had Marshall Falk in his rookie year, which is a pretty dynamic yeah. and also a guy that will block for you and obviously an incredibly dynamic back. And it seems like today people started to get away from the narrative of the running back. But has this year kind of been – did we oversell in the media the standpoint of the running back has been devalued in the NFL? Is that a false narrative? It, it is a false narrative. And, you know, running backs, the, the saying now, oh, they're a dime a dozen, you just pick someone up. Well, you, you can find good running backs, but you need good running backs. And we were out uh, in D.C., we were out in San Francisco last week. And I can't tell you, talking to people there, the difference Christian McCaffrey has made in that building, on that team, and having that running back that they can count on and what he has brought to it. Uh, you look at Miami, and they're putting up a ton of points. And, oh, yes, they've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, But Raheem Mostert and A-Chain, uh, those guys, you know, they're making some plays, and you, you have to defend the run. Uh, we've got the Buffalo Bills this week. And Buffalo is 3-2, and two, and, yes, they're dynamic on offense, but the two games they've lost, they haven't run the ball well. And I'm saying they've got to be more balanced. If they want to win a Super Bowl, yes, they've got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and this explosive offense, but they better be able to run the ball in December and January if they want to win. So, yes, I think we have overreacted and said, oh, it doesn't matter about the running back. Is San Francisco right now the most complete team in the league? I, I don't know. I really like Philadelphia, too. I, I think San Francisco and Philadelphia are the two best teams in the NFC. Philadelphia has a great uh, offensive line, a great defensive line, and they're, they're putting up points. Jalen Hurts has not lost many games that he started in a long while either. On the AFC side, you've got a, a number of teams that are playing good football, and they've been a little bit more up and down. San Francisco is very talented. They're determined. They've got a chip on their shoulder. But I wouldn't put them head and shoulders above everyone just yet. Tony, when you were coaching, Tony Dungy is our guest here on Querying Company. When you were coaching, I recall like in the early years that you came to Indy, and I know you were aware of this, I mean, you know, the people that were like, man, you know, it feels like you know the Colts need to, to really kick these guys in the tail, and you know, and you 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 stood pat on your coaching philosophy, and guys bought in, obviously, and and it paid off. But from a coaching standpoint, how challenging is it to stand by what you believe in and and block out the pressures, the noise, the scrutiny, all of it, and just continue to do the right thing, even if occasionally it comes up short. 
Well, that's something I learned from my first boss in the NFL, Chuck Noll, and he was a pretty decent coach. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, right? I Noll would always say, leaving your game plan is a sign of panic, and panic is not in our game plan. And it always just reminded us, hey, if we do what we're supposed to do, if we know what to do, we know how to do it, and we do it, we're going to be fine. I remember the 06, our Super Bowl season, we lost a game in Jacksonville 44-17. to And everybody said, oh, we've, what are we going to do now? We've got to do something different. This is not going to work. And I remember going in the locker room and saying, hey, we've won a lot of games, and we are not going to change what we're doing. We've got to get back to details, and we've got to play better but we're going to do the exact same thing. And six weeks later, we were holding the Lombardi Trophy. So I I think there is something to having a plan, saying this is who we are, this is who we're going to be. And, yes, you've got to block out the noise sometimes. You've got to block out the critics. But uh, having confidence in what you do is important. I learned that from Coach Noel. I also, uh, my last planning, uh, Bill Walsh. And it was his first year in San Francisco. We went 2-14. and 14. But I saw the same thing. Coach Walsh and his system, they were not executed. will work. We're going to stick with it. And three years later, they were holding the Super Bowl trophies. So uh, I, I just believe in, in that, and I think it's important. Did at any time when you were coaching, Tony, and you were here – you know, obviously it worked out. So I would assume that, that Jim Irsay never in any way tried to intervene or, or suggest a different approach. A, is that accurate? And then B, do you think he is still that same owner in terms of allowing the the front office to do what they need to do? Yes, that's accurate. And uh, I think he is still that same way. I know people can have a lot of different feelings, but uh, we had our talks, we had discussions, and we talked about personnel and people and ideas. But at the end of the day, Jim let me coach. He let Bill pull in, run the, the front office, and we, we'd have our discussions. But he trusted us, and I think he is still the same way, and I, I think you have to have that from, from the top down. So, Tony, tell me a time – that you had, like, give me a story of when you were coaching in Indianapolis for the Colts where maybe you had an epiphany and you came home and you said to your wife or to your family, this is going to be good. We are we are going to be okay, and this is the group of guys that I want here because blank happened at work today. Is there anything that jumps out at you as a moment where you saw that little glimpse of like if it was a Disney movie, that's where the music would have kicked in? Uh, I think it was probably early on, and uh, my kind of routine – was, you know, we'd get ready to play. We'd play our game on Sunday. We'd have a Monday practice. And, you know, obviously the players are going to get their medical checkups and things like that and and work out. But our Monday practice was basically for the guys who didn't play that much. So the backup quarterback, that's when he'd get his reps and get his work. And the, the receivers that didn't play and the young guys, they could get some reps. So that's the way we had it structured. Well, um, the first Monday, Peyton Manning jumps in with the offense. Then, of course, Marvin and Reggie and all those guys are going to jump in because Peyton's there. And the first group went out there and took about 15 reps on Monday. And I said, guys, you don't have to do that. This is really, you know, you played 
on Monday. We just beat the Jacksonville Jags. Rest up, relax, let the second group do it. And they said, uh, no, we're the first group. We're going to be out here first for every drill we do. And once I saw that attitude, I said, yeah, we're going to be just fine. Coach, is it still possible to contend at a high level for a Lombardi trophy if you have an elite defense versus a middle-of-the-road quarterback? Or do you have to have an elite quarterback to be able to reach the pinnacle in today's NFL? I think you have to have an elite quarterback to be there year after year after year. You can look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've been in five straight AFC championship games, and they've got a quarterback that drives that. Uh, If you don't have that, you can still win it. Uh, Everything has to be perfect, though. And, yes, your defense has to play. You can't have injuries. You've got to be able to run the ball. Your offensive line has to stay healthy. Um, But what that elite quarterback, that's another thing I found out in in Indy with Peyton. We could be off a little bit in a game. We could be not quite firing on all cylinders and somehow, some way, still win it. And a lot of that was because we had confidence in our quarterback and our quarterback could deliver in the clutch. If you don't have that guy, then you got to be perfect. Now, can you be perfect and win it? Yes, you can, and and it's been done a, a few years here. But that uh, that elite quarterback makes it so much easier. Tony Dungy is our guest. Of course, you can see him football night in America on NBC Sunday nights. Of course, for the Sunday night broadcasts. Uh, before we get back to today's NFL, Tony, which is obviously what your involvement is, I did have one other question for you about your time here. Look. We obviously talk so much here still about Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Bob Sanders defensively. Um, Give me the name of a guy that you coached in Indianapolis that realistically you feel like probably deserves more credit than he gets and that if people were inside the locker room, they would realize his value to what you were coaching was greater than perhaps what the average fan realizes. Boy, we had a number of those guys uh, that just uh, did their job and worked and led. Uh, David Thornton is one uh, that comes to mind real quickly. Um, But one guy that I will tell you who was really special, who nobody would even talk about or think about, was Brock Hewitt. Brock was the backup quarterback behind Peyton for a number of years. Obviously, he wasn't going to play very much, but he did his job so well, number one, he worked the scout team offense against our defense, gave the, uh, the defense the exact look that they were going to see in the game, challenged everyone, got that scout team offense humming at a high level so our practices were good. But in the locker room, talking to guys, uh, building them up, encouraging them, coming to me as a coach and saying, hey, so-and-so's got a little problem here. Don't worry, coach. We're going to handle it. We'll let you know if you need to get involved. Or – hey, you need to talk to so-and-so just a little deeper than what we can handle. He's going through this, and I think it'd be good if you or one of the coaches would would help him. He did a lot of those things behind the scenes that no one would even know about, but he he brought us together quite well and uh, was a big, big part of our team developing. I think a lot of people coach – players or coaches one of the things no matter what level it is where where a guy or gal when their sports career comes to an end one of the things that people miss a lot of times is just that teamwork right they're like kind of looking out for each other and and all of that how much do you get that 
craving fulfilled now by being on the team of the Sunday night broadcast and 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 maybe is it is it unique to you to not be necessarily always the front man of that but rather one who is a teammate as opposed to guiding it all it, it is very similar and it is that I love just being part of a, a team and we've had the number one uh primetime broadcast I think it's 13 years in a row now and we take a lot of pride in that we want to be the best we want to have the show and uh just being a small part of that is important to me but you're right the group the teamwork and it's not just the 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 talent that you see on stage so to speak it's the people behind the scenes the cameramen the researchers the directors uh we're all in it together and you do get that sense of a team, and that's something you miss because I, I tell you, boy, I talk to a lot of people who leave the game, and they, they don't get that. Uh, it's hard. You, you're not in quantifiable situations. You're not in a situation where you get measured every Sunday. Did we succeed or did we come up a little short? Uh, and th- there's something special about that. There really is. Okay. Lastly, anytime you come to Indy, coach, first thing you got to do is what? Other than obviously see people and friends. Oh, I, I kind of have a couple of. Uh, spots that I, I love to go to, a couple of eating spots, but I love to just walk downtown. And downtown Indianapolis is so unique and so special. And I, I you know, remember, you know, going to Pacers games and going downtown and walking from the Marriott to the stadium and seeing people. And so I've got a lot of good memories downtown. Uh, Palomino's restaurant, they, uh, took care of us after the AFC championship game. We stayed till four o'clock in the morning and just sitting there saying, we're going to the Super Bowl and all the cooks, all the staff, everybody took care of us. Uh, things like that. Uh, those are my memories of India. That's what I really love to do when I come back. Great times. Sometimes it's hard for me to remember or, or grasp, Tony, that it's been uh, more than two years ago. You know what I mean? It seems like yesterday, but a lot of great times. Certainly enjoy watching you on NBC as well, and look forward to doing that this Sunday as well, and always a pleasure to have you on the airwaves here in Indy. Well, thank you very much, and I just happened to be, I was in Jacksonville uh, Tuesday night for a uh, an outreach dinner, and they're fired up for this game, and we've got uh, the Jags and the Colts playing for first place, so it seems like old time. It, it does indeed. Coach, appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. All right. Tony Dungy joining us on the hotline. Man, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, there were so many... I'll never forget. I don't know that I've ever shared this, but there was a Stony a story about Tony Dungy that I saw firsthand. Um, that I think truly, truly summarizes who he was as a leader and as a person, as a human being. Um, and I'll tell you that next. So real quick, when Tony Dungy was coaching here, and I mean it was tragic when his son passed. I was working in television. They sent myself, and there was a reporter from each TV station that went down to cover it. I felt terribly uncomfortable about it. I felt intrusive, Um, but I had a job to do, covered the funeral, and then well after the funeral that afternoon, I was still at the church doing live shots and whatnot. I went into the church to use the restroom and saw Tony Dungy in the hallway and apologized to him that we were there, and he said, I'll never forget it. And I didn't know him well. I was just a media member that covered his team. And he said, Jake, 
Today is a day for me to be around family and friends. And for all that you guys do to promote what we do, you are indeed friends. So you are welcome to be here. And I thought that spoke volumes about the character of Tony Dungy. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. I will admit, in terms of segues, (laughs) for that strong sentiment, but... Today's plays of the day. It was a long time ago. I'll say that. For sure. Today's plays of the day. The DS ends tonight. Give me the Phillies over the Braves. That at plus 124 on the money line. For Thursday night football, give me Isaiah Pacheco as an anytime touchdown scorer. Travis Kelsey is an anytime touchdown scorer as well. We'll take Pat Mahomes over 268.5 total passing yards and the over on the Chiefs total of 29.5 total points. Also, a fair warning to Eddie Taylor Swift going to be in the building tonight so watch out for your replays kevin bowen booger mcfarland tomorrow jmv's next